Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Kill Stream. I am your host, Ethan Ralph, the owner and the editor-in-chief of the TheRalphRetour.com. I said I was going to get it started early. I actually didn't, but I did get it started on time at least. At least I got it started on time. Actually, technically a little early, I guess, if you count the intro music. But I was planning on like eight, but I don't know. I was tired, so. Uh, but here I am. Lord Miles Rutledge will be here at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's 25 minutes away. What are we going to do from now until then? Well, I don't know. We could look into Canada's stuff. We watched the Vladimir, Vladimir, excuse me, Vladimir, Vladimir, uh, Putin speech earlier. There's my air conditioner. I'll have to turn that off in a sec, but my fucker's loud now. It's still cold, but loud. Um, anyway, he gave a speech earlier that uh, could best be described as putting your balls up on the table. Put your dick on the table. That was one of those. Uh, and uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty shook about it. I have to say, even while we were watching it, I was looking at Twitter and they were just absolutely losing their shit. Go ahead, Giga. Giga Ninja sent three dollars late. Fake and gay and muted. Oh wow. Let's fucking goo. <laughs> Let's goo. Let's go. We had the samurai on uh, earlier as well. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, we kept it short. We might have him. Uh, we might have him um, back at some point tomorrow night. We're gonna have John Delarose on the show. Um, also, this e girl who sucks a microphone. I don't know. <clears throat> That's gonna happen at the same time. I showed this earlier today. Maybe I'll show it again later. Uh, and then what else? Hmm. Uh, on Wednesday, we have Dalton Claude Felter coming on the show. After the show on Wednesday, I'm going to take a short little nap. Then I'm going to drive to Orlando, Florida. I'm going to try to stream that as well. So we'll probably have a road stream as I go down to Orlando for Pack 3. I'm not going until later in the week, so I can still do some shows. I want to do some stuff down in in uh, Orlando surrounding Pack. I got some people signed up for interviews. I got the card over here. Is this everybody? I'm going to add some people. Vince, Wurzelrude, Dalton, Hake, Lauren Witzke, Beardson, Ashley Goldenberg. I'm going to add some more people too, though. I just haven't uh, – I don't know why I didn't. Oh, Harrison Smith, I think. Uh I believe I asked him about that already, but I'll I'll mark, mark that down just in case to make sure to ask him. So, going to be filming a lot of stuff down there. Going to be having a lot of fun down there. Also, this fucking AC is killing me. Turn yourself off, fucker. Okay, that's not going to work, is it? Um, they just uh, declared an emergency. Well, so basically Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act, but they had to ultimately vote on it. Well, they voted on it. Again, well, finally voted on it today, uh, and they voted to extend it for an indefinite period of time. Uh, Trudeau claiming there's still an emergency, even though they basically cleared uh, everything they were complaining about up there, the honking. Also, I'll play this, and then my air conditioner's getting louder, I think. Doesn't that sound? Anyway, uh, I'll turn this on. This is the trucker's little three-minute uh, press conference earlier today that I didn't see. Uh, and then we'll look at that, and then we'll look at some of the commentary after and during uh, the confirmation of the vote there. Again, Lord Miles will be here pretty soon. He's the guy who was behind Taliban lines over there in Afghanistan, so I'm pretty excited to talk to that guy. I wanted to get him on back then, and actually um, couldn't get in touch with him. And then I saw him on Twitter, and I saw he was already following me, and actually Giga Ninja uh, sent him a message. <clears throat> And uh, basically set it up uh, out of his own uh, initiative there. So, shout out. Can we give a... Wow. 
But uh, I looked and he was already following me, which I didn't know. And I noticed that a couple days before. And Giga heard me talk about it. Are you going to turn it off? Yes. Wow, Patsy with the assist. Uh, and Giga heard me talking about it. And so he just went ahead and messaged him uh, on his own. Then, of course, I messaged him after. But I recently resigned. The last eight years, I was a sniper. We want to clarify what the new emergency proclamation issued last night means. Under the order, Canadians continue to be allowed to come to Ottawa with their children if they choose to engage in peaceful... Y'all said this... Oh, this is... Oh, man, fuck this shit. Why are they trying to fool us? Oh, it's AP Archive. Man, get the fuck out of here, shit. Get the fucking bullshit out of here. Thank you for that one who called that up. This isn't old, though. Well, wait, before I play that, hold on. Maybe I should play... Ah, oh, fuck. Maybe I should play this. I guess this is the conservative leader over there in the... Let's see. Um, trying to make sure I didn't. Anyway, I'll play this. There's a couple of clips over here, and I X'd out a little bit. Oral questions, question oral, the honorable leader of the official opposition. Conservatives, along with others, don't believe the Emergency Act was necessary to clear the protests and blockades. Many experts, including people like Chris Lewis, former commissioner of the OPP, are saying the government had all the tools they needed and the Emergencies Act was an overreach. Yep. The Prime Minister reported this morning that Ottawa is clear, the trucks are gone and the borders are open, but he says an emergency remains. Can the Prime Minister tell us what is the criteria for this emergency what to is she be declared wearing? over? And on what date will he end these unprecedented and invasive I like her, measures? though. Yeah, I, like, I kind of like her, too. The right honorable Prime Minister. She's better than they've had up there in a while on the, on the conservative leadership uh, uh, scale, I'd have to say. The Emergencies Act is enabling I mean, I know she's a woman, but, you know. ...to end these illegal blockades and prevent further occupations. We've heard from police chiefs, security experts, and municipal and provincial leadership. Go ahead. George Floyd sent $3 Uga Booga. I can't wait for Lord Miles. Oh I don't know if you crackers know, but I spent my time in Afghanistan with my homie Osama. It was me who no. took down the Twin Towers when I sucked the planes in with my no, giant nostrils. George, that's right. No, that's not right. That's not right. That it has been essential to the response. We've been very clear that these measures will apply only when and where necessary. And again, these tools are to supplement By the way, local capacity, you know not what? negate this clip, or override it. Man, you know, okay, I'll wait till after this. But this clip, so I woke up this morning. I'll, fi I'll follow up on this in a sec. I woke up this morning and a clip that I tweeted from the Rittenhouse trial days was like getting a lot of interaction and people were retweeting and shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What, you know, why is this happening? Well, I found out. I'll show you here in a minute. As soon as these measures are no longer required, we will gladly lift them. This is responsible leadership. The Honourable Leader of the Official Opposition. Can the Prime Minister tell us exactly what powers the Emergency Act is giving him today that do not already exist? I know he said he needed the act to force tow trucks to tow trucks away, but as he's already said, the trucks are gone, so we don't need tow trucks any longer. What power is needed right now, today, under the Emergency Act, that doesn't already exist under current Canadian law? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. 
after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and seeing small businesses forced to close. After billions of dollars oh. were stalled in trade, putting people's lives It was all about small businesses. Oh, okay. Of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country. And after a flood of misinformation and disinformation washed over Canada, including from foreign sources, it became clear that local and provincial authorities needed more tools to restore order and keep people safe. I asked this motherfucker's literally to stand up reading from a sheet of paper, dude. Like, how, what? For Canada this evening. The Honorable Leader of the Official Opposition. How fucking pussy does it get? The Minister talked earlier today about mending fences. He called on Canadians to call their unvaccinated cousin and for Canadians to aim for more decency in our public discourse. I would like to ask the Prime Minister if he would be willing to lead by example and apologize to Canadians that he called racist and misogynist and with un unacceptable views because he disagreed with them. I think it would go a long way, Mr. Speaker. Would the Prime Minister rise today and would he lead the way? The right honourable Prime Minister. I doubt. Speaker, the right of Canadians to express their opinions, the right of Canadians to protest peacefully, to disagree with their governments is something we will always stand up to protect and withhold, even to uphold, even with uh, the implementation of the Emergencies Act. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms continues to apply. And quite frankly, Mr. Speaker, continuing to demonstrate the way Canadians are being there for each other, not harming their neighbours, not occupying cities, but being there for frontline workers, being there uh, to support each other, that has been the story of this blockade and this pandemic. The Honourable Member for Mégantic, L'Érable. Who? Oh, the no. Member for Beaches confirmed this, this morning in this House that I'm not convinced that the Emergencies Act should be implemented after today. Alright, we'll get out of here. Um, now, I found out why this was getting a play. This was written house, I guess, talking to Tucker Carlson. Oh, boy. Is it from tonight? Let's see. I wonder if I can get that. I didn't know it was I didn't know this was from tonight actually. So I just saw that. So that's a clip. I wonder how long he was on there though. Let's see. What the fuck? They're playing video games. <laughs> yeah, we reached top of busy. What is this? Okay, hold on. That doesn't look good. Alright, hold on, let me try this. If not, I'll just play the clip. But I thought I might try to get the whole thing. I don't know how long it was. Maybe that was from... I don't know. Hold on. I don't know if that's new or not. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. The crime outlets in this country lied about Kyle Rittenhouse in an effort to have him put behind bars for the rest of his life. They called him a white supremacist, which he is not. Oh, wait. I didn't play the clip yet. Hold on. This is my original clip. Hold on. Where the fuck is it? I keep showing. Okay, here's the original clip. Well, I'd quote tweeted somebody else. 
This is so preposterous, so biased, that it would be shocking if it wasn't a deeply racist right-winger. Oh, Black Lives Matter protests, I mean, aren't they all arsonists and rioters and looters? No matter who, what the race of the people who were killed were. I mean, he went to go shoot black people. They're not victims. What? Victims? No, 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 no. Kyle Rittenhouse yep. murdered these people. And a right wing started like a GoFundMe page or whatever and raised millions for him. They're like, oh, you went to go kill black people. And then at that Black Lives Matter protest, you murdered a couple of people. Bro. By the way, that never, I never heard anybody say that. Oh, whoa, way to go, murderer. Wait, that's seems well, Maybe that. Guys, what are we going to do with the. I might have heard that, but I didn't hear anything about killing black people. Right wing. On the other hand, when you have some portion of them, not all of them, but some portion of them that say, oh, that guy went to go kill black people, and then he actually did kill a couple of protesters. <clears throat> oh, that guy went to go kill black people, and then he actually did kill a couple of protesters. I love that guy. I love that guy. I want to give him my hard-earned money. So if he gets out of jail, maybe he can murder more, more people on behalf of the right wing. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Told us he crossed state lines with an AR-15, which he did not, and therefore he was a terrorist. Here's, here's a selection. And what does it say when a white teenager can cross state lines with a long gun, kill two people at a racial justice protest, and gets to walk away a free man? Now we're being told that someone can cross state lines with a semi-automatic no. rifle and kill people and say it's self-defense. Here's a 17-year-old who came across state lines. Oh, man, fuck liking your video. Just keep playing it, bitch. Oh, my God, I hate you. ...on its face is not white supremacy. But traveling across state lines with an AR-15 to intimidate people is absolutely white supremacy. White supremacy. No one he shot was not white. Everyone involved in the story was white, of course. But it's white supremacy. They're lying to put the kid in prison for the rest of his life. What they just told you, there are lies. Rittenhouse's mother didn't drive him across state lines with an AR-15. He borrowed the gun from a friend in Wisconsin. Yes, I have he ad block. 15 that's minutes not an ad. That's from embedded Wisconsin. into the video. He worked in Wisconsin. So the question is, after a full year of watching these people lie in order to imprison a kid for the rest of his life, who's going to hold the liars accountable? Kyle Rittenhouse, understandably, has thought a lot about this. He joins us tonight to explain his plan going forward. Kyle, thanks so much for coming on tonight. I, don't, I can't think of many people who've been at the receiving end of this much sinister lying from so-called news organizations as you have. How are you going to respond? Well, Tucker, thank you for having me. Um, of course. Me and my team have decided to launch the Media Accountability Project as a tool to help fundraise and hold the media accountable for the lies they said and deal with them in court. Interesting. So the idea is... T-Map. Maybe like the Covington Catholic kids you will be suing news organizations that maliciously lie about people who are in the news? Is, is that the plan? Yes, sir. We're going to be holding them accountable, Tucker. Do you, exp I mean, I, I guess I have to ask a kind of a dumb question, but you know, why isn't there a group like this that exists already since the media so often are not observers, they're players, they're participants in the news? Why hasn't someone done this before? 
That's a good question, Tucker, and I'm not sure, to be honest, but... Did his voice get deeper? Is that just my like, impression? I don't, don't want to see anybody else have to deal with what I went through, so I want to hold them accountable for what they did to me because I don't want to see anybody have to go through what I went through. Yeah, I mean, they tried to imprison you for the rest of your life. It wasn't coverage. It was advocacy. You have a lot of potential targets to sue yourself. Will you be suing any of these? That's my impression. William, a 33-cent $3 bro, Kyle should have came on wearing a bow tie. <laughs> news organizations and if he should put like a couple of teardrops underneath his eye so when um well right now we're looking at quite a few uh politicians celebrities yeah, like this increases testosterone it's Whoopi goldberg's on the list she called me a murderer oh whoopee when the, when it rains it pours oh no Poor Whoopi. Holy shit. She might be on the kill stream for real before it's over. Holy fuck. Athletes. Whoopi Goldberg's on the list. She called me a murderer after I was. <laughs> well, I'll have her on here debating. <laughs> Mark Collins or was something. acquitted by a jury of my peers. She went on to still say that. And there's others. Don't forget about Sank from the Young Turks. He called me a murderer before verdict and continues to call me a murderer. Interesting. And, and what about the people who called you groundlessly a white supremacist, which makes it pretty hard to get a job for the rest of your life if you're a white supremacist? Will you be responding to them? Absolutely. We are going to hold everybody who's lied about me accountable, such as... Um, uh, everybody who's lied called me a white supremacist. Yeah. They're all going to be held accountable, and we're going to handle them in a courtroom. Kyle Rittenhouse, I appreciate your announcing that tonight, the Media Accountability Project, and, of course, we're, we're rooting for justice as we Why always... Is he so th that wasn't the best announcement. I I'm sorry, so thank you very much. Good to see you. Thank you. I mean, I'm glad he's suing everybody. I'm, he should have just came out and said, I'm suing all these motherfuckers. Thank you, Tucker. And I mean, that's basically what he said, though. He's nervous, though, or something. Why is he so... Kyle Rittenhouse, I appreciate... Yeah, he's pulling a Rubio. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm taking, you know, I get thirsty, too, so I can't say shit, but... He's nervous, though, isn't he? I don't know. I would have not really expected that. You're announcing that tonight? Also, they are talking... You, you're right about that. It's what I said the other day. Anonymous sent $3. They'll be held accountable, and they'll be held accountable. <laughs> Um, also they're talking in your ear, like I said the other day, especially him, he was on towards the end of the show. So they're probably, you know, like really pushing him for time. Let's see. Oh yeah. Did I send that? Oh shit. I forgot. I forgot to send the link. Okay. Here we go. There we go. Like, do you have the link? Not the first time that's happened, but thankfully I was uh, I was on the lookout. Media Accountability Project, and of course we're, we're rooting for justice right, as we always are. So that's it as far as the Rittenhouse thing goes. Let me see. I don't know if we can. Oh, that's from Dead Man's Tome earlier. We were looking at that. on. That's not from my personal browsing history. That's from Mr. Dumbass. We had the samurai on earlier. Oh, my God. What the fuck? This is what Mr. Deadman used to do. Write, like, uh, weird uh, sex books and shit like that. 
what was it? I can't remember what Samurai said the... I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Samurai said he was writing something particularly debauched. I can't remember now, though. We might have to do... Uh, we might have to do a special read-through on air. What was it he said? Who was... Some of you motherfuckers were listening earlier. What was it Samurai said? There was something... I can't remember now. Something involving... Uh, something involving uh, fecal matter, I believe. It was um, it was particularly disgusting. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Oh, by the way, I didn't start entropy up. Damn it. No. Why is that? Okay, well, let's see. And then it says it can't find the stream. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's because it signed me out of entropy. Okay, well, that does make sense. All right, I'll get that fixed up. Lord Miles will be here in a second. Let me see if I... There he is. Can we switch over? Oh, boy. Now I got to drink a water. Mm. Rittenhouse is right. Mm. Good old high-quality H2O. All right, let's let him in here. Oh, shit, I mean, I'll do those. What's up? <laughs> Lord Miles uh, Rutledge here on the kill stream making your debut appearance. What's up, man? Not too much. Um, same old, really. What about yourself, mate? Oh, well, you know, I always stay busy with <laughs> with one thing or another. Uh, many guests here on the show, such as yourself. Uh, by the way, thank you for coming on. Uh, and I do this for a lot of uh, new guests. but And I've already, you know, been telling people who you are for the last week or so. And I think a lot of them already knew. Uh, but uh, who are you? Like, what, what are you known for? How'd you get here, et cetera? Oh, you give me an existential crisis, but... Uh... <laughs> So my name's Lord Miles. I'm known mostly for going to Afghanistan during the fall of Kabul for a holiday and posting about it online, as you totally do. And then going to South Sudan, getting banned from South Sudan, wanted for arrest, then sneaking into Kazakhstan during the protests, and then Ukraine. And next, I've got another trip coming up. Now, wait, so we're going to talk a lot about Afghanistan, but I don't actually know as much about the South Sudan one. Uh, so that one, what happened there? Oh, it was very brief. So in order to get into South Sudan, you need a tour guide. And this tour guide costs about $3,000 or £3,000, roughly. I'm cheap, so I said no. So why did I create my own company, uh, like a shell company? And I wrote a letter of recommendation for myself saying, well, I'm going to give myself a tour and keep myself safe. And they accepted it. Um, so that kind of annoyed the embassy. And then I filmed the country without a license. And I told them about, um, I told the internet about a bomb going off on a bridge. Um, and the South Sudanese kind of got mad on Twitter. They reported me to the official bureau. So when I wanted to enter the country again, I was told I was wanted by for arrest <laughs> by some anonymous person through email. And I'm banned from the country pretty much. <laughs> well, you know, South Sudan, it's not, I mean, no offense to South Sudan, but uh, you probably don't have much of a reason to go back. But, well, maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> You might have another reason to go back. But uh, so before we go into Afghanistan and, and all that, what got you kind of on this um, this path, I guess, you know, doing these type of adventures? Most people don't, right? I think it was probably a midlife crisis. But um, no, that goes. I, yeah. Inside my head, I think I was working in banking. I was one of those wankers who were just obsessed with work all the time, you know, really uptight and, you know, um, constantly, constantly just in front of my laptop doing work and so on. 
And then I, I thought, well, I'm going to graduate university soon and I'm going to go down this path of 100-hour work weeks. Um, I might as well do something interesting. So I watched this video on YouTube about weird tourism. It was a peak of COVID, so everywhere was closed. Right. And the one country that wasn't closed was <laughs> Afghanistan. I thought, that's a brilliant idea. Great timing. Just going chilling. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, also, I you know, like you, I, I didn't let COVID slow me down. Like I was all over this country covering protests. I've I've just came back from Portugal recently. Uh, now I didn't do as quite as much traveling as you, I guess maybe by miles. But you know, I went all over this country, kept doing living my life. A lot of people kind of locked it down, but uh, you know, I did more traveling this last couple of years than I ever have. Uh, period. But uh, so you talk about Afghanistan. What was it like when you first uh, touched down over there? Like, um, uh, you know, I, I've noticed, uh, at least for myself, and you know, these are Western countries that I've been to. Uh, but still, when you touch down a foreign country, it's a little, you know, you definitely notice you're you're not in your natural habitat there. Uh, Afghanistan, I could only <laughs> imagine what it's like when you touch down in Afghanistan. Of course, yeah. So when I first got on the plane, um, as we were landing, we saw a BBC, BBC live broadcast going on on the TV just on the plane. And it was saying the uh, Taliban are reaching this one area, blah, blah, blah. And I was looking at looking at it all concerned. I made some friends of a plane, these kind of 20-year-old um, Afghanistan men. And I pointed to the TV and they all started cheering. So that, that, was, a, that was a great sign. <laughs> and when I landed... Um, when I landed, I looked around and I saw I was the only white person here, so it felt like London quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been to London and had that feeling myself. Uh, now, also, I'll say this about, I guess, uh, you know, we have a little diversity here too, I guess, but uh, you know what's different about London is um, more, you see more of the traditional dress over there. You know what I mean? Like the full yes. head to toe. You don't really see that too much uh, here in the States. Uh, every once in a while, but in in London, it's it's much more common. So that is a little different. Um, but okay, so you got in Afghanistan. How close was this to the you know the fall of Kabul? Basically, the fall of the puppet government about, there. About two or three days before. <laughs> now, how did you even? First off, okay, so I, I'm gonna say, how did you get in? Now, of course, I don't think um, they necessarily expected it to fall that quickly. Um, yes. So maybe that's that's how. But I, you tell us. So it got around May time and I, I went to the embassy. I just walked in uh, after knocking the door. It was this really small, quaint room uh, that was open for about four hours a week. So that was hilarious. I walked in and I said, oh, can I have a tourism visa, please? And they go, oh, um, you mean like a business visa or something? And I go, oh, no, like tourism, fun. And they look at me and they like, this guy, but okay, whatever, he's going to pay us. So I fill in the form. It's literally just a page long. Um and then they just accept it. They hit my passport for seven days. And then it's stamped on my passport. I think, brilliant, okay. So I am probably could be questioned at the airport because, you know, let's admit, 27-year-old man going from Middle East or Central Asia. You know, it's ISIS hotspot. Fair enough, you know. They're going to think I'm someone dodgy. Um, or so that you're trying to the join airport. up. There have been Western people go over there and join up with the, the terrorist squad, right? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I get there, nothing happens. Um, they let me through, and they're like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, you're just Afghanistan. And they look at me, and they go, oh, that's great, carry on. 
<laughs> there's no issue um so i'm at the moment i'm known by the anti-terrorism police quite well um after all the interviews but back then they didn't do anything so i feel like i was being honeypotted or something now what did you do when you and of course i know you've been asked some of these questions a ton but uh what, yeah. what did you, yeah exactly but what did you do when you got into the country um and like how did you get uh, to some place by the way we watched some of your stuff uh here on this show and on tequila sunrise so we we covered some of it when it happened uh but a little refresher course here so what did you do how did you get set up uh when you first got there so when i got in i noticed there was a military convoys packing up you know big muscular special forces guys and i was just wandering out with my suitcase and backpack um i walked a little bit found some guy gave me a lift to this um to this hotel it was a compound that was hidden away um in the safe zone of kabul so you had several layers of steel doors and checkpoints just to get to your room basically after i got in i met up my tour guide he gave me some local clothes so i had a local drip as they call it um i walked around did some sightseeing got some local food i went to see this one local site where this king built something you know, 200 years ago you know no one cares about it but you know whatever and then when i got there um some some groups or some youths came up to me with a knife and he started saying oh it's those speak english in this area blah 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 my tall guy started apologizing um in in the language and you know asking for forgiveness i was just smiling the entire time because i felt the adrenaline i hadn't felt in years um and then afterwards we just kind of walked away a little bit and yeah he freaked out so we got a takeaway which was one dollar minimum spend so uh pretty cheap rides cheap flights too i wonder why and then afterwards <laughs> and then off and then afterwards we uh we did some more sightseeing and then the day after that we went to the bank um in the morning only to notice there was a bank run going on and the country was collapsing as you do so so you got a knife pulled on you opening day basically opening um... it was like london <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the bank, good old bank runs. So things kind of deteriorated rapidly, I guess you could say, uh, when you got in the country. Now, did you have any contacts going in there uh, or did you just go like with nothing, just blind? Or, or did you have somebody there or maybe a couple leads on some people to talk? Obviously you had a, a guide here, uh, at this, uh, at this juncture, that little story you told there. Oh, I had no one. Absolutely no one. I told some of my friends um, on Facebook and I went, oh, you know, if something goes wrong, uh, you know, just this is my funeral plans. This is X, Y, Z. And they thought it was hilarious. Um, we had a little group chat where I was just constantly shit posting throughout the entire thing. I think one of the most recent posts I made in that group chat was um, um, 911, uh, Afghanistan has fallen. I've clogged the toilet. Please send help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once, uh, once the bank run started happening, so how quickly did things go downhill from there? Or, you know, Yes, According so to some uh, the Taliban on on uh, Twitter and also um, a local social media and also TikTok of all places announced an ultimatum: <laughs> surrender or by I think it was four p.m. or uh, we're going to start killing people. And everyone took it seriously. So as soon as that happened, everyone went for a bank run. Everyone tried to withdraw their money. The day earlier, I tried to withdraw two hundred dollars, and the, the ATM of the main central bank in the main capital wouldn't withdraw wouldn't take out two hundred dollars they just didn't have it in the atm so people try and withdraw their life savings you know millionaires and everything even in afghanistan they realize that there's no money in the atm and people started rioting somewhat they were running around shop uh, closing up their shops um people were stealing off one another 
Um, some people, especially the older people, were just chilling because they've seen this like five <laughs> times in their lifetime. They were just lying on the floor sunbathing in the middle of the road. And as young people <laughs> ran past them, they grabbed their foot and watched them fall over and just started <laughs> laughing to themselves. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Dude. I thought that was hilarious. Um, afterwards as well, I, my phone blew up. I felt like I had a vibrator in my pockets. So, uh, you know, very, very London. Uh, <laughs> and um, after that, I just kind of ro- ran to get my passport. And then I ran to the embassy. The embassy had been abandoned and people were looting the embassy for like expensive sofas and such. Afterwards, I ran to the uh, airport. Nothing was there. Um and all flights have been cancelled. So as I walked out, I accidentally came across a Taliban convoy that was going into the airport. Um, and I walked across the Tenement Square style without realising it. So I kind of blocked for Taliban advancement for like seven <laughs> seconds. Um, <laughs> now, okay, so basically the whole country's in disarray then at this point. You know, it's good that you easily could have been killed or robbed during during this type of scenario as well. It seems like almost complete anarchy or or close to anarchy. Yes. Now, okay, so what do you do to get to safety after this? Yeah, so I've heard rumors about a uh, safe house about five, ten minutes away from the airport. So we were actually quite defeated at this point because we were running for about an hour. We were exhausted. We didn't have any water. And as we were walking, we came across uh, two Taliban members that were just chilling, and they saw me. And they came up to me, they pushed me away from my tour guide and asked for my passport. I gave it to them, and they go, oh, you're British. And I go, oh, no, 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 I'm not British. And they go, well, you've got a British passport. And they go, no, I'm Welsh. And they go, oh, <laughs> Wales, where is Wales? And then I just say, oh, you know, it's like, it's like, um, it's part of the UK, but it's invaded, invaded by England. We, we hate the English. <laughs> and they just don't know where Wales is. And they begin, uh, they begin smiling, knowing I'm not the enemy. They pat me on the back and tell me to enjoy my stay. Uh, so that's lovely. <laughs> um, we hate the English too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it went quite well. Um, at the moment, I've got some Welsh flags for my next trip, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so but, you got. Um, now go ahead, keep keep going. You keep going. Yeah, yeah sorry. And then we um, we started walking. We came across this safe house, and it was guarded by a, a Turkish man. And I saw this. I saw this Turkish man, and he was turning away people, even even Western people. So I was quite concerned. But I thought, I'll give it a go. So I walked up to him. I go, oh, I'm British, man. I need some British help. You know, uh, <laughs> is there anyone who can kind of help me out or like uh, keep me safe for a little while? And he goes, oh, no, 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 uh, not British here. And I just joke and I say, oh, I'm not Greek, mate. I'm not Greek. It's okay. <laughs> he begins. He begins laughing, and then some uh, some American and British people overhear me overhear it and take me in um and then i'm in a safe house for the next day or two now we saw so um we heard about your story obviously and then uh you did so on the promo for this the thumbnail we we had you in the sunglasses uh and i i don't know where that was broadcast from but you did a stream from there it was like an hour it was was decent long like 90 minutes but yeah there they are right there exactly (laughs) we both have them on tonight uh but yeah it was about nine i don't know is it 90 minutes to two hours, something like that. We watched a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was on Tequila Sunrise, the daytime show. Uh, now, where were you at at that point? Was that at this 
spot or was that another yeah. spot? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so um, so we watched a lot, a large portion of that. Now, where did you go from there? Uh, and was was there any? I know the answer. I think from some of the stuff I've read in the media, were people like kind of mad at you? Some of the powers that be, uh, you know, uh, the intelligence apparatus and military apparatus, etc. Oh, yes. So um, I'll, I'll explain the second part of the question first. So a lot of people sure. are completely mad at me because I, I said funny things uh, during the actual live stream, you know, space things. I had my university okay. try and kick me out. Um, they did a whole trial thing, like it was some big event or something. Um, they were saying, oh, it must be so hard to experience that. But uh, you and you upset Twitter. And that's our main priority. <laughs> so uh, we'll try and kick you out, even though you're one of the best students and, you know, you've done so much for us. They didn't kick me out of the end, I quit um, after I got found innocent. Uh, well, sorry, I got found guilty of being based, basically. Uh, Anti-Semitism, uh, joking around, stuff like that. So uh, that's lovely. Um, I had some students write in letters to the university calling me a potential terrorist and how, uh, you know, what I do, I'm a threat to the university. The only reason I found that out was because the university actually leaked the identities of all the complaints sent into the university because they don't know how to censor a post. And I kind of replied by telling them how they've, you know, uh, leaked the information. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, they're pretty retarded. And then after that, I had people DMing me on Twitter um, saying, you know, oh, you should, you're a terrible person, kill yourself. And, you know, I was really tempted uh, to go back, but um, it turns out we weren't issuing visas, so I couldn't go back straight away anyway. So as soon as... So yes is the answer. You've received massive blowback from this, yeah. Yeah, so a month after getting back from Afghanistan, I, I applied to go back through an embassy just to piss off people, but... It was, they weren't issuing any. Um, it was pretty bad. And then I'll explain the first part of the question. Sure. So we we met up with some SAS people um, unofficially. So I was there. They saw me as pretty much only other white guy. And they invited me up for a drink. And we started talking and told them that I was there for tourism. They thought it was hilarious. And they kind of armed me with guns and body armor, which I've still got with me. So that's great. And then in the morning, they noticed, um, after taking a selfie with me and sending it to some group chats, that I was actually a person um, that was blowing up the media. They thought it was even more funny. And they kind of escorted me um, out with, say, I think it was... 250, 300 other people who were stuck there from Indonesia of all places, um, Africa, some Europeans that weren't really Europeans, if you get what I mean. Um, They were being taken to safety. They were basically workers, telecommunications, drivers, charity workers. So we all walked out the back gate of this this, uh, safe house with the Taliban telling us to surrender our weapons, so we sadly had to give away everything, um, and we had to abandon the armory. We walked for about five minutes with them, taking occasional stops. They searched us, um, and then we went to the no-man zone, where we just walked. The Taliban were escorting us because the Afghan people would be more... more uh, more violent, let's say, because they were looking for uh, easy targets. Eventually, some Taliban members recognised me, you know, the 20-year-old Zoomers, and one of them asked for a selfie with me. I couldn't say no, so I took a selfie with a Taliban member, so that's somewhere on the internet, I guess. I hope so. Um, someone found this, but if I find it one day, it'll be pretty funny. <laughs> and then we got searched by the British side, and we got taken. Uh, we spent about 12 hours waiting, sleeping on the dirt road, walking, going to different buildings, and eventually we got onto a plane to Dubai, and then Dubai to a RAF base in London. 
Swindon. Now, uh, it goes without saying, this is, uh, you know, um, a once-in-a-lifetime type of <laughs> event probably for you. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. We'll talk about that here in a little while. But <laughs> some of the stuff you got planned, uh, and you just came back from Ukraine, so maybe it's not for you. Uh, but uh, people hear this. I saw some people in the Cozy Chat and Odyssey elsewhere. First thing they said was, um, you know, this needs to be a movie. Uh, this this sounds like some shit Leonardo DiCaprio would have played you if when he was younger. <laughs> some shit, you know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> something like that. Uh, catch me if you can. That's that's the type of shit that I that I'm thinking of when I when I think of the story like this. First off, have oh, you been approached by anybody wanting to make a movie about this? I have by one person. Um, he's part of a medium sized studio in London. So what I, I don't want to spoil too much, but well, sure, the sure. Story, no. The story regarding Afghanistan isn't over, so we're holding back until I finish my. My, uh, big trip and then from there um if i make it out hopefully something does happen but i've got a book deal so that should set the premise for anything like that all right now now we talk about the good side of of the media you know your, your movies about you book deals etc that's great uh it's awesome but what about the bad side like how, you know have there been some hit pieces you talked about your university messing with you uh stuff like that how, how have you been treated by the media overall what are maybe some good examples if you have some or and those are a couple you just talked about i guess uh but some of the bad stuff uh tabloid type fodder and stuff like that yeah, yeah. So I had some, um, I don't speak to my family personally because they're terrible people, but I had uh, some media actually find out the addresses of my mother, who's, she's severely mentally ill, you know, very unstable person. And they were berating her, apparently. Um, they went to her door, knocked all days, followed her around uh, the city. So that was pretty dodgy. So um, that's how they do the over media. there. I try to tell people, yeah. I don't think everybody in the United States quite realizes, and we have a nasty media too, but they're really nastier over there. I mean, let's just be real. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, you all know who uh, controls the media do anyway but uh well, you know we, yeah. we know who's doing this stuff we do but, um, another thing, <laughs> <Yes. yeah. laughs> somebody's doing the following yeah yeah it was, it was, it was, somebody's yeah, doing but, the, the stalking yes yeah yeah exactly um for any left-wing people watching i clearly meant white cis males duh. um but mo another thing as well i would get interviews where i would talk for someone for 30 minutes and 25 minutes would be about like charity work in afghanistan and uh other stuff i did there like good stuff you know just normal stuff and then five minutes i would talk about the tourism part of it and then they would just rip it apart saying oh uh if he goes to afghanistan gets rescued um they also use the word rescued quite a bit which i don't understand i literally stumbled into kind of a pseudo embassy i met up with some soldiers had a drink with them and then we just walked with them for a few moments and got to the safe side um i i didn't it wasn't bursting down doors and they carry me out as i'm crying and pissing my pants it was more kind of just a chilling together type of moment everyone in the military 90 percent of people i've spoken to who's actually in the military or was an active veteran or even special forces they love my story. They think it's hilarious. It's just for weak-minded uh, people in the media who you know, look like people in the media in general. They just hate it because it just creates so much. Uh, well, because so it's maybe. cooler than anything they've ever done. Right, exactly. Uh, and the, I'm glad you mentioned that because the way it's portrayed, I saw some of the, the haters basically uh, saying, oh, my God, you know, they had to use resources to rec rescue this guy. And da -da -da -da. But from what you said, like you said, you just walked over to where some shit was already going on 
They didn't have to send in a SWAT team or whatever, or SEAL Team 6, whatever the equivalent is, British Special Forces or whatever, to, to kick down some door and knock out some <laughs> Taliban members to save you or divert from some other mission they had going on or anything like that, right? Yeah, I was just vibing. Honestly, anyone could have... Um, <laughs> There was there was three hundred people doing the same thing. People were just joking around, shit posting in real life. It was it was beautiful. Um, and another thing they said was, "Oh, you took a seat on the plane out of Afghanistan." But <laughs> the plane I was on, it didn't have a single member of um, anyone from Afghanistan who was born there. You know, no Afghanistan nationals. It was only for Westerners only. So the planes you saw were people falling off. I saw that in real life. By the way, oh, can we talk about that? Hold on. First off, yeah. oh my God, oh you took up a seat where they couldn't put another Afghani refugee on. Oh, what a tragedy. Second off, it sounds like that's bullshit anyway. That's not even true. Yeah. Second off. What was the okay? I don't. I didn't realize. By the way, we got callers. If you want to get in here, get in here. I'd like to give the guy some calls. We got one in there. I saw one guy drop out. Get back in here. What is your problem? Second off, I didn't realize this was such a controversial or like next level type knowledge deal here. But you can't actually hold on to the wing of an airplane and just like ride that son of a bitch. It doesn't work like that. It goes a little too fast, and um, I know they were pretty desperate to get out of the country, but uh, why would they ever think that that would work, Miles? Yeah, it's I, pre- I don't, it's I don't pretty know. retarded. I, I I heard of it happening, and most of the time it was just completely stupid. It. I, saw well, it, I saw it happen as it was happening. We had, like, a live feed of everything going on in Afghanistan in one of the, um, in one of the rooms because it was basically a military stronghold. Um, and we saw it happening when we looked outside and we could see the planes kind of falling and it looked like dandruff in the sky. It was insane. It's bad, man. But Again, yeah, it, was, it was dumb, honestly. Um, and these people, they could have walked to Pakistan. The, the Taliban made it very clear that they were allowing people to get out. I just don't understand this. And at the same time, too, I don't understand the mentality of some people going, oh, how dare you leave your uh, normal life and go to a different country to enrich yourself and help out in charity work. We best replace you on the plane with a uh, with a um, in- illiterate you know, farmer right. or people. You know, it- it's just random. Um, I don't understand these people. It-, it-, it just blew my mind a little bit. But at the same time, it was kind of fun to piss off the people I don't like in general. So <laughs> All right, we're going to take some callers. We got some, if you want to send a power chat, I have them turned off, but we'll play them at a certain point. I just turn them off during the interviews. Powerchat.live slash the Ralph Retort, killstream.live slash tip, dollar sign sunset squad on cash app, killstream.live slash entropy, all that stuff. Yes, okay, that's all the ones. Oh, Odyssey as well, if you want to. All right, let's take some callers. Uh, the Supreme Gentleman, go ahead. You're on the kill stream with Lord Miles Rutledge live right now. What's hey, up? mate. Hello. How are you doing, Miles? Not, not too bad, mate. What about yourself? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So uh, I was hearing you talking about how people are getting pissed off about uh, you taking up a space that could have been occupied by some Afghan homosexual or feminist what? or Baka Bazi lover or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, that would... Oh, he cut himself off. He was on a roll, oh, no. too. Foreigner's no. plane. Oh, you cut off. Repeat what you said. You cut off for like five seconds. Uh-oh. They're after him. Now, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they're trying to take him out. Okay, go ahead. You're just chopping in and out a little bit. You should be back now, though. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Splendidly. Okay. So I was going to ask, uh, you, you talked about streaming these things? Yes. Like when 
for these places, yeah. Where do you stream it? Are they? Oh, I sometimes do it on Twitch or Twitter. The issue is some of these places have really bad internet. Um, so yeah. Afghanistan had good internet because the US basically thought uh, the best way of improving the country was installing 4G towers everywhere. Um, but when I go on my next trip. I won't be able to stream it, but I will be recording the entire thing and I'll be getting a professional editor to uh, make the video uh, crystal clean. So I'll be sticking on my YouTube. So if you just search Lord Miles, it'll come up with a bunch of random shit post videos on my channel. It'll be some good stuff. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Uh, this streaming site, uh, Ralph is on Cozy.tv. It's run by Nicholas Fuentes. Do you know who that is? Yes, man, of course I do. You should uh, talk to Ralph about getting a channel on here. You can maybe uh, link you up with Nick, and you can stream if you ever go somewhere where that's a possibility. Thank you, and plus I'll be able to say some more based opinions, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely right, the case. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You can sunset me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you, mate. All right. Now, let's see. Butters, what's up, man? Hey Ralph, it's been a while. It has um, been, sir. Good to hear you. Yeah, sorry. I I had I had to coof for a little while, and I had to do some housekeeping on my front, and stayed off the internet for a little bit. But I came back. I had Ooh. to do a little spring cleaning myself. I know how that goes. Close to spring, anyway. Uh, go I ahead. Know. Yeah. Just want to say I'm friends with everybody. I, I'm just just a nice guy. I always like to entertain. I know, butters. You're great. Go ahead. Just what do you got for the guys? Well, Mr. Miles, it's it's an honor to finally meet you speak. You are quite a legend around this part of the Internet. Um, so wait, to recap, you've been in Afghanistan, South Sudan, Kazakhstan, Ukraine. Is there any else you've been? Um, basically, East Africa in general. Um, you know, briefly, Ethiopia, um, Kenya, um, Tanzania, uh, Uganda, just... Um, you know, everyday countries, really. Nowhere too crazy, but um, I'll be going to some others soon. Wow, you got, you got a, we got a real globetrotter, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's so, yeah, I'm, it's cu- curious that you remind me of this um, this guy by the name. You've heard of Peter Kemp, by the way, of a gentleman? Of course, yes. Uh, well, there's a certain publisher who's published his trilogy books. Uh, he, w- he went to Spain, fought for the Nationalists, Went to World War II with the British Secret Services operations in Albania, Yugoslavia, and all that. It ends up in um, doing the mop-up operations in the Pacific. And it he kind of reminded me of him, just doing all these weird, you know, rubbing shoulders with some pretty famous historical figures, getting legend. Like, how do you do it? You just Is there a sense of adventure you feel when you travel to these places? Is there a... Um, is there a um, like, what, what is your biggest motivator for these travels? Ooh, I would say mostly it's self-harm, but um, I, I think in general, yeah, I think in general, um, if I slow down, I'll just get too bored, I've got to admit. Um, when you get a taste of this, this life of going around with stuff, uh, a lot of veterans say this too, when you get to a normal life where it's really peaceful and quiet and you do everyday stuff like food shopping and, you know, just walking the dog, you kind of just feel like you're missing something. You always want to be running somewhere or just knowing there's a missile flying over your head. I don't know why, it's just it's incredibly enjoyable and you fear less and less fear every single time. If anything, it feels like just a routine um, in a good way as well. 
and I want to do something in the future where it leaves a stain on history, but a positive stain. I really want to do some good stuff. At the same time, have a, 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 I want to be that guy on Wikipedia where someone finds them in 200 years' time and wants to make a video, YouTube video on how terrible their life is or how crazy their life is, because I think it would be hilarious. I just want to shitpost all my life and see how far I can get. Man, how do you feel, Ralph, being part of a citation on a future documentary documenting the adventures I'm, of this? <laughs> I'm perfectly fine about that. Better than police blotter, which is my usual. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Now, you know, I have a Wikipedia page myself, Butters. Don't go read it, though. Uh, anyway, what, uh, yeah. else do you, <laughs> what else do you have for Lord Miles here? It's interesting. Um, so you've been in the areas where there was a noticeable amount of civil unrest as well as, well, a practically what would be a war zone now um so like what did you get the sense on the ground when you like the two so kazakhstan you know we remember basically decided to go belly up in the first first couple days of the year and then ukraine as well basically uh it looks like escalation as a eight-year-old frozen conflict appears to go hot again yes well I think when I was um, when I was in Kazakhstan, the one thing that was kind of weird was there was a huge divide between the older and newer generation. So what we did, we climbed over a mountain from Kyrgyzstan, uh, so Bishkek. We climbed over a mountain over a space of a day, avoid Russians, and then we get in and we come across this one farmer dude who offers us some water. And he, we asked him about the whole thing, and if we could film him, he says no. He gets kind of upset. He goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm making, I'm growing these. Uh, I think it was potatoes." He says, "I'm growing potatoes every single day," but uh, all these people are just protesting and looking for democracy and all other useless things. Why don't we just grow potatoes? Then he won't be hungry and the world will be happy. And I'm just laughing my ass off because this guy's obsessed with potatoes. Um, <laughs> and we see, we just see war going on. We see uh, people fighting. We see, uh, we see blood on the floor that's dried up. And it feels kind of good to see this stuff. Um, and then when we, or when we get to Ukraine, uh, quite recently. I, I see the uh, conflict going on, but I actually meet the journalist, which I think is the most interesting thing, because you think these people are you know, war-hardened and they're geniuses, and they understand all the geopolitics. They're all a bunch of retards, honestly. Um, when I when I met half a journalist at the Capitol, you know, world-renowned ones with hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter and millions of views on the news, they couldn't even put on their helmets for correct work, bizarrely. Um, they didn't understand the conflict. They were they admitted whilst drinking about lying about the narrative in order to create more media hype where they, most of them actually didn't think anything was going to happen. Um, it was just hilarious. And I think that's, um, I think that's something... In, that you can't miss whilst traveling, just opening your eyes up to more stupid things around the world and actually becoming more based, um, not more leftist, if that makes sense. Wow, that's a very interesting tales of experience. Like, I have been, actually, I like to joke that one part of my family tree is, you know, are you from the Ellis Islanders? I like to joke, I'm a Bazrajdenia Islander. So one part originated in that now, sadly, mostly gone sea area of, and the mm. island, the, the infamous Rebirth Island that there had all the chemicals and all the nasty stuff that was kind of a big problem. Uh, mm. So is this is this the same? Did you get the sense, this sort of same um, sort of uneasy atmosphere sense in the Ukraine when you met some of the, uh, like, you, you probably met some of the militias, the yeah. people preparing for drills and all the... Um, 
I guess, well, now we know the situation that it is now is probably much worse than when you visited. Yeah, I think there was an easy, uneasy feeling, but everyone just seemed more tired, if that makes sense, not more tense. So the locals were just drinking, and when I arrived in some remote areas, I was like, wow, wars already happened here, but it just turns out it's um, Soviet architecture. So when I got around and started exploring, people were just bored of a war because they just knew it's been going on for eight years and they've been so stressed out that, you know, um, I thought some people were Babushkas, you know, old ladies, but they were really their mid-30s and so on. Everyone's looked depressed and sleep-deprived and they knew something was going to happen and they knew if something did happen, their city and their homes and their children would get shelled. Um, a lot of a lot of the walls around the uh, city blocks had bullet holes in them and um, areas scraped off and graffiti de detailing out, you know, war happened on this date and so on. But people realised they had to go about their daily life. So all the soldiers were just kind of realising it's just a paycheck and they might as well just turn up to work and see what they can do about it. But if something does happen, they're kind of screwed. And I think they all realise that. It is in the war they're going to win in the long run if something does happen. Right. I mean, it's kind of interesting. There is a certain weird uh, kind of attraction to that post-Soviet sort of collapse aesthetic. It's like, oh, man, all those hours spent at night, you know, playing Call of Duty 4 with the friends, now it's finally time for it to pay off. <laughs> it's kind of for... It's actually, by the way, um, someone actually figured this out. Um, the Warzone map, I don't know if you knew this, Ralph, and, you know, the Warzone map, Verdusk, is like literally one-for-one -one replicas of the town of Donetsk. I'm not joking. Oh, really? Like the stadium is the same, oh. the same airport tower, the hydroelectric dam. It's all basically based off the Donetsk, which is now officially a recognized uh, breakaway republic that has been, well, you know, that Russia and some of her uh, friends like Syria, Belarus, uh, they've all, Nicaragua, maybe some other breakaway have recognized as a real, which what can yeah, I say? Two, two. It's sad to recognize that I definitely two. do, I guess. <laughs> two for one, yeah. All right, brothers, what else you got, man? Well, tomorrow is, uh, can't believe it, it is 2 slash 22 slash 22, and it's happening on a Tuesday. That's correct. <laughs> and also, um, real quick before I let you go, or I'll, I'll let you get your final thought in too, but uh, did you see Putin's speech today? I did. Um, I have uh, lots of interesting things to say because uh, um, the Russians with attitude guys, the guys that watched a couple of Russian, they had a, a uh, like a big thread kind of like putting out the highlights and some of the most important parts. Like basically, I love how Putin just spends the majority of it. It's like, it's like Ukraine, your nation is basically a fake one created by Leninists and Soviet policies, you know. Well, it was a long history lesson from Putin is what it was. It was like an hour. It was like he was Professor Putin. I put that on Twitter as a joke, but, I mean, not really because it was honestly like uh, a base history professor going through and laying it out. And uh, Yeah, it's like the gif. It's like, oh, my God, he's exactly like me. He's like, this is what <laughs> I would do, too. I would, you know. Yes, I am going to recognize these two these two breakaway Donbass. But let me give you a history lesson first to explain right. my rationale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, real quick, give your thoughts on that, and then if you got another question for him, I'm going to take some more calls. Well, I mean, it's kind of inevitable. I mean, if you've studied the Russian history ever since the, the collapse, which we did a bonus episode on on the collapse of the USSR, 
one thing that kind of wounded is that, yeah, a lot of these nations that were created by this really were artificial. I mean, if you ever look at the map of like the Central Asian republics, it's like these look like gerrymandered districts for like ethnic groups in a, like a city center. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The, the, the point is, yeah, like he said, it's like, you know, we would like we've been trying to, you know, be be nice to Ukraine. We've tried to like be our interests constantly get disregarded by the U.S. and NATO. These these foreign policy establishment and he's like this didn't have to be like this like did you know that like putin legitimately asked president clinton was like what about if we decided to join nato and he got a like a silent reaction to it it's like to these cold war people these sons it's like wait russia wants to be our friend now this is not in our plans i thought we need a we need to have enemies and all this and it's and it's it's kind of revealing and, and ultimately like this is a sign of escalation because it's like you know ukraine's not following the Minsk protocols the economic sanctions honestly just don't matter because you know how long until this starts hurting us is there any chance lord miles international man of adventure danger and intrigue will end up with a mad lads video from count dankula Oh, I would assume there's a so great what chance. What was of that, his impression of him? Actually, um, now go ahead. Um, uh, hold on, I'll, I'll let you ask that. Finish up your thoughts, butters. I honestly forgot I had it turned on over here, and I was trying to show uh, his trip uh, GoFundMe, and I was also trying to like get everything fixed up over here because I fucked it up the other day. But uh, anyway, butters, finish your thought real quick. Sorry that. You're right. Now I recognize, like I said, you know there is some inaccuracies and some exaggerated histories regarding this, but like. Did you ever get the feeling that, like, Putin was, you know, if when was the last time we've had one of our presidents or leaders, like, address us like an adult? Oftentimes, you know, when I hear speeches by these politicians, these pundits and all this stuff, it feels like they've always been talking down to me. Like, yeah, he didn't seem like he dumbed it down. You know what? And it's like, you hit on a point there. He, he really went kind of deep with it uh, in a way that I don't think that the Western leaders really do uh, anymore. Um, if they ever did, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, man. Finish up. Your yeah. I think ultimately like, cause he has, I mean, Putin is not going to restart the Soviet union or stuff. He ultimately, he has his, his heart and investment in the Russian Federation as a, you know, which you guys remember, it's, it's not just Russians who live. It's like, there's tons of autonomous republics. They have their own stuff. Like we could see in our lifetime, if things go well for the Russians, like maybe Ukraine and Belarus become part of the Russian Federation and maybe some of the areas of like Northern Kazakhstan, you know, we could, that right. could be the end game. Cause right. that, you know, they ultimately want to assert themselves and they see all the stuff coming from the West. It's just, you know, they don't hate it. They just they don't hate us because we're not a democracy or whatever they say. They hate us just because, well, we're Russians. Well, and that's, that's right. I agree with everything he said pretty much today during his speech. I thought he he kind of just laid it out there. And a lot of this stuff, um, you know, we already knew he thought anyway, um, but he kind of said it uh, publicly. I saw a lot of the uh, Western reporters and stuff losing their shit because of that. But uh, thank you, Butters. I appreciate you calling in, man. Very learned uh, conversation from you as always, and I hope to hear from you again pretty soon, sir. No problem. I actually, um, I thought I, I got a really busy week coming up because I got to do some trips of myself, but hey, Hey, I'm always great to check in back with y'all. And I, I know some unfortunate stuff happened, but I just like to say, I'm just your guys as all friends. Like it's all past me. I, I would be honored to be back again. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And you definitely will butters. Have a good one, man. Stay safe. You too. All right. Now 
Kiosk Man asked that uh, a second ago. Let me go back uh, to it to refresh your memory. Is there any uh, chance Lord Miles International Man of Danger, <laughs> Adventure, Danger, and Intrigue will end up with a Mad Lads video from Count Dankula? Have you met Dankula? If so, what was your impression of him? Oh, so Count Dankula did make one video on me on his second channel um, when we talked. I think actually maybe two videos, but I discussed with him my big trip that's coming up. And if successful, um, he's basically said, oh, you will make a video on your next big trip if it does go correct and everything goes well and you make it out alive. I don't know if he'll make it into a Mad Lads video because he only does that for people who have really died. So right. hopefully it's not a Mad Lads. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's uh, way off in the future. Yeah. I didn't yes. think about that actually, but I do hope it happens anyway. Um, I do hope <laughs> it, <laughs> I do hope he makes the video on me, um, and he goes well. I've got some YouTubers in my DMs. Basically, uh, we've come with agreements. Going you know, if I get out, sure, sure. make this video on me, it'll be great. Now, uh, t- talk about this trip. Uh, help Miles save lives on his biggest trip. Uh, now, I see that your trip is made. I think this. Uh, so I'll pull up some headlines here in a minute. Why don't you tell us about it while I look through some of these headlines? Yeah, of course. So I've got a big trip coming up in less than two weeks. It will last anywhere from three to four months, potentially, um, or possibly a lifetime if it goes wrong. But what I plan to do is um, this trip I can't mention too much about because if I mention exactly what it is, I won't get my visa, I get arrested in the country and so on. But it does involve four countries in total. I've got a document right next to me that has 100 pages throughout. It's... It's very glowy-like. I've got tons of uh, write-ups and everything, planning out these directions, like satellite imagery, um, intelligence uh, information. This planning that's gone into this is bizarre, and it's all been planned out since August time. So one thing I've noticed as well, um, I don't want to go down the route of becoming a journalist, if that makes sense, because after a while, you're not actually involved in things. You're just reporting on it and maybe experiencing some of it. And I've also noticed that the one thing above being of the military or being a journalist is actually you know, doing special operations or special missions, let's say. So I call the big trip that's coming up in operation just because it literally is. I've got a team of people that are working with me to make it happen and some next level stuff. I've also told the anti-terrorism police, which are UK's intelligence services, uh, you know, linked to the MI5 and MI6 about the trip. And it's a very grey area type of trip, but they're not against it. Um, and I think it will be, I don't know how to put this, I think it'll be well-rounded with regards to my trip in Afghanistan, if it makes sense. Kind of closes the circle, the loop. So I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, it's a lot of money that I'm asking for. So why ask for people is after I complete the trip, then donate, because then you'll see the results. Because I'm. it's a bit hard asking people on a leap of faith. So I've took sure. to a big loan. Hopefully, it make it happen. Yeah, and that's yeah, uh, that's true. And it's something, you know, that's kind of a unique thing that you got here, where you can't really reveal everything about it because it might spoil the whole thing. Um, and then some people want, you know, they want to know before they get money, uh, which you know is understandable too yeah. for some folks. Um, but I mean, you kind of got a track record, I would say, unlike too many others, <laughs> right? So you know, it's probably going to be you pretty about it afterwards, mate. Okay, but as I say, you okay? Yeah, I would like to hear, but I, you know, I again, I'd imagine it's probably going to be pretty, pretty epic. Another word is overused, but to probably not if you're involved. I would imagine. Thank you. I'll be banned from two or three <laughs> countries. Um, I'm not even joking. I'll be one. I'll be wanted for execution. One. I'll be wanted for arrest, and one. I'll just be banned by. <laughs> now let me. 
Let me let me ask you this though. First off, so just so I can get get it clear here during the middle of the show, uh, where can they go to support you if they want to uh, on this journey? Oh, um, just go phone me or my Twitter. Just even like commenting something kind helps out a lot. I mean, well, yeah, I know that, but even the GoFundMe, if they want to monetarily support, yeah, I mean, you're right, but like, what is that? What is the address for that? Hold on, I can find it too if you want me to read it out. What is it here? Oh, thank you, mate. Uh, com slash help miles save lives just help miles save lives on his biggest trip it's on his twitter too i see why he didn't read it out now because it's kind of a long URL. <laughs> i was like hold on that doesn't just roll off the tongue does it anyway it's on his twitter uh and i think uh most likely you'll probably get some bang for your buck i would imagine uh if you're supporting this guy on an international trip all right now let's take some more calls oh wait there's a couple more super chats i saw giga ninja uh who's the one who set this up actually uh let me uh, unmute the TTS here. Where's he at? Here we go. Bling. Giga Ninja sent $3. Did you watch the Marines go boo? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I did watch it for a secondary source. So some of the soldiers came up to me and went, oh, hey, bro, uh, look at this. I and mean, they just showed me a live leak, basically. Oh. And I was like, oh, damn, okay. Yeah. Um, it didn't affect me, thankfully. I'm kind of used to seeing that type of stuff um, through a screen, but it's weird to know it happened, you know, less than two miles away from you. So it was pretty interesting, but I saw I saw him go boom. Right, just not, like, live and in person. Yeah, all right. Anonymous, go ahead. Anonymous sent $3, damn. Our Dugan mask is slippery recently. Nothing based about USSR. That's why NATO was formed. Putin said USSR's fall was the worst thing that ever happened. He also said he wants it restored. Now, you were in Ukraine recently. We talked about uh, that with the last caller as well. Uh, I know you probably have some thoughts too. What What are your thoughts on Putin's speech today? They haven't went to war just yet. You're not there now. Uh, but uh, what are what are your thoughts? Oh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching the highlights of it, um, like your friend did. And to be honest, he was speaking some true facts. Um, I saw what he was saying, and I was like, well, this is better than anything our leader was saying. He just resonates pure, positive energy in a good way. Um, he seems like an excellent leader. At the same time, I, I kind of feel for Ukrainian people, because no one wants war coming to their home, if that makes sense, apart from me, maybe. But I I, I did like um, what he had to say. I think war would be terrible, but if war does happen, um, at least there's Putin behind it, not another global homo leader. Yeah, I just I was just struck, uh, and and Butters kind of talked about it too, by how just different it was from anything you see over here. He went into a really deep and interesting just history lesson. Honestly, just from that aspect, I Black was Phillip just like sent three dollars. Miles, do you have life insurance? I bought a policy recently, and I don't think they will pay out on certain scenarios. They asked me if I was traveling overseas and doing anything extreme, death by misadventure. So. I did call up a life insurance policy, uh, a life insurance agency, because uh, I used to work um, partly with actuary, so I thought it would be good to get into that and potentially get a little payout. So I called up, and 
they were saying, oh, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he, he you know, he exercises, no med- no bad medical history, excellent. You know, the guy on the phone was getting excited to get a sale. <laughs> and they asked for my travel history, and I told him, it was like, oh, this is a like a one-off thing. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this all again. Um, and I told him about some of my trip plans, you know, schizo rant into him. And he was like, I don't think we can insure you. We might have to pass you on to, like, a specialist department. Um, <laughs> like, he goes, oh, okay, we might have to, uh, we have people who sell this type of insurance to journalists, but, uh, you know, it's going to be hefty. And I said no in the end. Um, I did get a payout. Or he went for a second. I did get a payout with Afghanistan. So when oh, I was really? buying flights to Kabul, I bought anti-terrorism insurance on the last page of the uh, of the checkout. And it was only like $4. So I thought, oh, that's hilarious. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll play it again in a sec. Go ahead. Yeah. And I, I got paid, I think it was uh, the cost of the entire flight. So I think I profited off Afghanistan. It's <laughs> kind of worth it. <laughs> wow dude that's pretty nice i have to say i didn't even uh, yeah that's one of those things you just uh usually overlook i got that recently i forget on what it was i got the insurance on uh and it paid off uh now let's see here yeah sometimes it does pay off uh let's see joy Jojo, go ahead Hoy Hoho sent three dollars will canada be the next third world she told a dictatorship you visit yeah, oh, I wish, I wish, I would go to Canada right now. Um, the issue is the big, the big trip has basically financially crippled me, but that's, I'm fine with that. But uh, I want to put everything towards that one resource. But if I, if I could be in Canada, I would be, and I would have been in there earlier. But the issue is Ukraine was also side by side, so it kind of interfered with it. I had a whole backstory plan to go to Ukraine and fake uh, fake documents and uh, like fake companies and stuff. I was going there to do a, 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 a conservation survey um, and feasibility report for gold mining up north. <laughs> but um, sadly, didn't get to go. But maybe next, maybe next hellhole. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, there's always next time. Shia says, have you heard of, uh, we went back to this earlier, have you heard of Cozy.TV? You should check out Nick Fuentes. Uh, yeah, maybe you should. If you're interested, we'll talk after. But, uh, yeah, some live streaming on Cozy.TV would not be bad. Uh, now let's take some callers, which would also not be bad. St. Michael and Joyer, you're here, but you're muted, sir, which means we won't be able to hear you until you unmute yourself. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, am I on? Yeah. Hey, I just want to say that you are a legend, Lord Miles. I watched you live on Twitter while you were in Kabul. It was absolutely fantastic, and you're an inspiration. Oh, thank you, mate. Good man. Oh, I do appreciate yeah. that, to be fair. <laughs> it feels good to know that. <laughs> Small <laughs> as well. Yeah, it was so entertaining. I was hanging on the edge of my seat. I was refreshing Twitter feeds, and it was <laughs> awesome. It was sick. Thank you. Quick thing as well. Um, you know, I doxed myself the other day, right? Uh, no. I saw yeah, on, twi- on Twitter. I doxed myself on purpose. I thought Honestly, I don't check Twitter. If you, if you like, look at my Twitter and find my address, um, send me send me literally like a, an envelope with a return stamp on it, and I'll send you. Um, I'll send you one South Sudanese pound. Um, <laughs> It's worth more than Dude, I'll send you a message on Twitter or something. I'll figure it out. I'll send you something. I'll send that to you. No worries. That's awesome. Hey, can you tell us about um, maybe your faith? Because you haven't really talked a lot about like your backstory. Yes, mate. So I used to be one of those cringe atheists. Uh, not even a normal atheist, just completely cringe, you know, going on the uh, Google Plus comment sections, ranting to religious people. Um, I used to be, you know, the worst type of person. And then I became homeless at one point where 
I really thought if I didn't pass my exams, uh, my high school exams, A-level exams, and going to university, I'd continue to be homeless the rest of my life. So I had, like, I had a whole suicide plan planned. It was really autistic. I planned to jump off this building in Birmingham, and I calculated my trajectory to make sure I'd die. It's, it's really retarded. But, uh, you know, I was, I was in that really depressed state. Uh, you know, I was convinced I was going to die. And I, I made it through, and I started looking to the faith when I met this one guy in university called Roman, a really great gentleman. Um, I started going to church, um, and then things just felt a lot better, so I'm a Catholic at the moment. Um, I do have an appreciation for Muslims, and most of them are Christians in general. Um, so yeah, I'm strictly Catholic at the moment. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's really great, man. I just sent you a DM on Twitter just with my Discord username. So when it happens, I'll add you. Um, also, when yeah. I come off this, I'll add you, mate, and send you a message. Beautiful. All right, man. It was great talking to you. Thank you, man. You have a good day. Okay. You too. Very cool. There. Now I showed uh, some of the um, uh, stuff you got from Ukraine. Uh, there, you mentioned your yeah. faith. I was showing it on screen there. Why don't you explain what that is? How you got that? Oh, yes. That is over here. Let's go and have a look. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I got this from Ukraine. Um, it's just a picture of Jesus Christ. I got it from a church, an old Orthodox church in Donetsk. So I I, um, I walked in and there was like um, a priest there. I was, I was speaking to him and he presented this to me and I gave him a small donation. He was very grateful. So I'm going to keep that with me. And I've got another one here of Mary with uh, baby Jesus. I'm going to give that to my priest on mass on Wednesday. So it was some good stuff to have. And also I did have a gas mask I took from Chernobyl in Ukraine. Uh, but it got confiscated by airport security no. in yeah, the Netherlands. So unfortunately I might have to go back sometime and you know, do some uh, do some sneaking in the airport because this is the first time I've got away of it. Um, I've got some other stuff from other countries, but not as interesting, really. Now you mentioned Donetsk. That's the that's the new breakaway country that was uh, recognized yeah. today by by Russia. What all did you see on the ground there? Yeah, so um, a lot of the walls had bullet marks. Um, the buildings were very run down, so huge Soviet blocks. The roads had massive potholes. Um, they could be tiny lakes, technically, I guess. Uh, there were very few cars, bizarrely. Um, and the only places that were kind of shiny and new and actually looked after was either the one giant supermarket I found or the um, or the gas the gas um, the gas stops. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, there was there was loads of park benches around, but they were they were rotting away almost, um, either through wood or um, through rots. Women were dressed amazingly, and they were kind of beautiful, but the men looked like hobbits. Uh, <laughs> um, so it was really bizarre. You got these six foot tall, like uh, blonde supermodel girls, and then you got this guy who looks like uh, looks like Borat just walking around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. It was I was about bizarre. to ask um, you. Mentioned the women. Are they really as hot as they say? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, and they're actually wow. um, they're attractive when you speak to them. So, you know, if I find an attractive British woman, I'll start speaking to them, and then they talk for five seconds. I just want to blow my brains out. Right. But these women, you know, even with broken English, they were respectable. They were kind. They weren't looking for anything. Um, so, I would say if you want looking for a good <laughs> wife, I, I guess Ukraine. Let's say Ukraine sounds like a good place to go on holiday. Yeah, was, uh, um, okay, now, uh, what was the best time you had in Ukraine while you were there? Oh, 
I would say leave England after. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get I on the plane leave. to get the fuck out of there. I I would say um, I would say the sleeper train. So on the way to Donetsk, we got a train, and I've never been on one of these before where it's got a bed inside. And I was just chilling. I was really tired. I hadn't had a wash in two days. I just fell asleep. I had the best night there. And when I arrived, I got presented with this uh, weird dish where it was actually really nice. You know, no crappy products inside. I like my fast food every once in a while, I've got to admit. But, you know, this was good hearty food by made by, like, an old sweet Ukrainian lady. And when I was there as well, it was snowing. Uh, people were being really kind. They don't usually see, you know, tourists, especially like me, you know, uh, not like Jewish journalists. Um on this side of the border so they were just talking to me some of them were taking selfies they were shaking my hands it was just nice it felt like i had a family it was excellent <laughs> well that's great that sounds like a pretty pretty awesome actually and you mentioned those trains with the bed on. I, I always wanted to go on one of those uh actually where you know what i mean like the old school ones where the whole yeah has exactly the whole, yeah has the whole compartment and everything uh all right let's uh, take another call if you guys want to get in you better get in quick i'm not going to keep uh, lord miles all night probably about 10 or 15 more minutes max because i know it's pretty late over there uh but if you want to get in uh, go ahead. I'm going to put out the link here. Uh, I've been very kind to join us this evening. Uh, debut appearance on the kill stream. I'm putting it in all the chats too. So you can't say you didn't get a chance. Uh, I'll check power chat as well. Powerchat.live slash the Ralph retort. All the other super chat options are there for you as well. Oh, speaking of that, there are a couple more before uh, I resume college. There's only one caller. Get in here. What the fuck? This is ridiculous. All right. Now well, we've had a couple. I mean, Still, there needs to be more. All right, here we go. Player one. Player one sent $10, Miles. When are you headed to Antarctica? There's actually a trip planned to Antarctica within the space of a few years. So why I used to do in banking was project uh, growth of companies. And I think with my trips and donations and what I'm, I'm about to do, I might be able to do a trip to Antarctica within three, three years, potentially. So I really want... This is what I want to do. I want to... Get a snowmobile, land in Antarctica during you know, the dry the, uh, the dry season where it's not you know, constantly snowing, and I want to go all the way down to like the US or the UK research base. Then I want to quickly change into normal clothes, like a Hawaiian shirt even and shorts, and then w- walk to the door and knock on the door and ha- and have them uh, answer and just me asking, oh, you know, um, I'm just baking a cake. Do you have any sugar or something? And just gaslight them a little bit. You know, they take me in. They ask me what I'm doing here. I'm like, you know, just chilling. Well, why you ask? And just uh, mess with them as much as I can. <laughs> I like that play. All right, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, again, you can get those super chats in too. That's fine if you want to ask a question that way. Uh, but we do have a couple more calls. We got a little more time too. That's what I'm saying. Get in here. Uh, he's pretty open, I'd say. Open book here as far as asking any questions. Uh, go ahead, Lord Kevin. Lord Kevin sent three dollars. Lord Miles, are Uh-oh, you vaccinated? If not, how are you able to travel? Well, I'm not vaccinated, but uh, for legal reasons, I'll speak about how my friends got around it. Uh, but I completely condemn what he did. So what he did, he flew Me to too. Africa and then paid a African doctor $10. And this is terrible. He paid him $10 so he can get a fake vaccine. Um, so they you know, pretended to reject him on video. And then he wrote up the documents. And then he went back to the West, to whatever his country he was, uh, maybe the UK, I think. And they showed that he got vaccinated abroad. 
and then they got put officially through the system. So on paper, he's vaccinated, but he actually isn't. You know, that's terrible. Um, sure. If you need a PCR test, some really bad people, what they do is they get one PCR test and then because they get sent, as, sent it as a PDF in their laptop or mm. phone or whatever, they then go into MS Paint or Photoshop and just change the dates and locations of the PCR test. Mm. And then they just present to the airport and they never actually scan it or check it properly because there's no international standard. That's a really terrible thing to do, but uh, I heard some people do it. I've heard of some things like that. I frown upon it myself. I'm always a big uh, play-by-the-rules type guy here, you know, so I frown <laughs> upon it. But I've heard of some shenanigans of that sort. Uh, El, go ahead. You're on the kill stream here with Lord Miles Rutledge. Man, all this stuff, PCR tests, you know, just... Sounds kind of complicated. I think you found the answer earlier with that Kazakhstani potato farmer, man. Yeah, I like the idea of um, going back to a simpler life, living in a cabin maybe. You know, it's not going to be easy, but uh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Just kind of uh, going down the Ted Cave route without the bombings. (laughs) Uh, And so you say self-harm on their travels there, and you said you went to Africa. So did you do any oil drilling? (laughs) No <laughs> I actually Sorry. got kind of tempted. So South Sudan has a huge oil industry where where it isn't being utilized. I've got one guy doing a PhD and he's obsessed with gold mining and just general uh, extraction of minerals and stuff. So we were kind of theorizing that we should go to South Sudan together and just start mining stuff. Um, we actually sent off some emails to the South Sudanese government, but we found out the minimum down payment for setting up a company and um, the actual things needed would it be feasible. But we no. generally had a plan where we spoke for hours on end and days on end, where if we got the correct paperwork and the permission, we would actually just live in South Sudan and steal natural resources from dumb people. Now I'm thinking, I'm thinking he meant oil drilling in a different way. <laughs> Lord Miles. No, uh, but- was you oh, I maybe I owe before I only white like uh, white women. There you go. Understand. Yeah, but then uh, again, I um, hate white women at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> There's your answer, I, caller. Go ahead. Yeah, I got offered um, a South Sudanese wife by um, a tribe. <laughs> But, uh, of course you did. Down, so, like, three no, wait, hold on. Bag of beans or hold on. How did this happen? Of course you did. This is yeah. this has got to be in the movie. But what? This is the next chapter. But what? What happened? Like, how did this occur? So I learned about a famous tribe in South Sudan who just kind of uh, they snort cow ass, literally do it uh, to get high and stuff like that. So I thought oh, I want to meet these geese. Now wait, do they the grind up the yeah. cow ass or do they just put their face <laughs> in the cow they asshole? Literally, literally lift up the uh, tail and just like, and then uh, that's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> Apparently that's normal there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna turn up my nose on that. Some cultures are better than others, but um, <laughs> no. Yeah, but what what I did was I um, I discussed with some South Sudanese guy, hey, I want to meet these guys. They're like 18 miles um, above the capital. And they said, yeah, sure. So as we were driving there, we got stopped several times by military and just random people that were interested in what I was doing here. And numerous times they were saying, oh, we've got, like, my great-grandfather's uncle up there. He'll hook you up. Just tell him I said this, and he'll give you a wife or whatever. <laughs> and then slowly as I drove around asking and telling them the same thing, I got offered, like, a wife, and they told me about the procedure of getting a wife. So either you have to be a white guy, or if you're a black guy, you have to offer, I think it's 40, 40 cows to them or 40 um, some sort of animal you have to give to them in order to marry someone as a gift. 
And if you're a white guy, they take you into their tent or mud huts, um, and you have to have sex with a woman in front of every single person. And they kind of chant or hit something on the floor in a rhythm where you have to thrust the same way that rhythm's going in and out. If you don't last for a certain amount of time, they don't uh, they don't let you marry. Potato farming, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, he had it made. He knew, he knew what was up. Caller. Yeah, Thank you, sir. I would not have wait, got wait, that can, story from Can I you. do the infamous question, though? Yes. Yeah, you can. So, if you were given the option to have dinner, sit down with somebody, uh, these two figures, it would be either Prince, the singer, or the funny mustache man from the fatherland. Oh, I would rather do a sad, but I think funny mustache man, that'll make a great video. That would be a, a good better one. video, I think. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Our famous question. Sometimes I, I don't ask it sometimes, but uh, mustache man is not how we usually ask it, but I'll, maybe I'll start using that. Uh, but mustache man or prince, uh, it's been going on for years on our show now, I think for like three years now. Uh, so we'll put you in the mustache ma- man camp. Uh, we've had some wild answers on that, actually. Uh, a little, uh, Rorschach test there. Uh, finish LARPer, go ahead. Oh, am I on? Yes, you're on. Yes, mate. And sorry. Um, hey, uh, Miles, I had a question. Um, also, I want to say thanks, Ralph. You're doing an amazing job. Um, oh, I appreciate that, man. This, but um, yeah, I guess my question is, um, I know you have the big trip planned, and I know you keep hinting at it. Um, yes. I guess with everything going on in Ukraine, are you still trying to get back in it, or with that schedule conflict? I, I would go back to Ukraine. So the big trip is commencing in less than two weeks. And, you know, I have to plan like a day or two before. But if things pop off and Russia just pull out, evades Ukraine, within the happening, I'll be there within 12 hours. So um, I've, I constantly check and reserve flights under different names, which I can change uh, using cards that have no money on it. So I can do that and reserve a flight there any time. If a flight's cancelled, I'll fly into Poland to get a train or hitchhike or do something like that. If Ukraine fully pops off, I'll go there. But with the Western media, they're lying a lot about what's actually going on. It's just uh, those small isolated conflicts where uh, a false flag happens and then there's 50 news articles about it and that repeats. But I want all out for war and that'll be worth my time, I think. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much the only question I have. Um, uh, but I want to say you're doing an amazing thing, and you're kind of crazy, but I really hope the best. Like, I'm following your Twitter account, and I'm just like, man, this guy, like, I really hope he can pull through. Oh, thank you, mate. DM me if you want. Um, I do appreciate that, though. I'll do some good work, and I'll um, I'll make you proud. Thanks, mate. Finish Larber. Thank you, man. Appreciate you calling in. All right, let's see here. Uh, Omega King... Go, go ahead. Uh, all right. So, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, buddy. Um, so I have two questions. One for each of you. Can I start with Ralph? Uh, start with the guest. All right. Um, in your travels, has uh, have you has anything red pilled you? And like, how how did it red pill you? Uh, Africa, Africans. <laughs> I'm joking. Um. So yeah, in <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm yeah. just enjoying my laughter there. Go ahead, sorry. 
yeah, so with uh, with Africa, I I realised you know they're they're way better than average um, Africans pe- African people in Europe and everything. But they're so scummy in a lot of ways, you know, uh, loads of scams. Uh, they try and do some dodgy stuff. Sex trade is a huge thing there. And, uh, you know, I know there's, like, some ethical sex trade where, you know, it's all consensual. But, you know, I, I heard stories of just people, like, get, uh, getting invited to, you know, um, sex dungeons where you can just rape people, um, apparently. So that was pretty dark. I didn't partake in any of that, but I heard about it and I thought it was disgusting. Um and another thing that kind of red pilled me about my trip, I, I don't think a lot of the people that I come across, especially in Kazakhstan, are like self-conscious or have an inner monologue. Um, these people just have no idea about the world around them or just anything in, in the world um, in general. You ask them like basic questions and they just have no opinion about anything. Um, I think it's half basic at the same time, but I think a lot of them are just like Western white women, if that makes sense. Um, they have that mentality where they just don't make sense in general. Um, and what else? Yeah, I, I would also say um, Afghanistan as well. A lot of the people there, they seem like psychopaths in general, especially with people of the marketplace. Uh, they weren't kind of sweet people that were victims of the world. Um, they actively try and rip you off. They tell you lies. Um in general, uh, same with Ukraine as well. The marketplace people try to sell me things that, sorry, they try to sell me things that um, you just couldn't really buy realistically. Um, one of them, I came across a what a Nazi watch. What? And they were telling me, um, yeah, they were telling me um, it was worn by Adolf Hitler himself. And like, clearly not mate. I, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, it's probably it's probably a fake, but if not, I'll still buy it. I'll still even buy it if it's a fake, but don't don't tell me like BS. Um, so, Hitler yeah. himself wore this. Yeah, hundred percent. When he shot himself, it flew off his arm and went to his collector. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dope. My dad owns a Hitler youth knife, like a real one. Oh, lovely. My uh, my German grandfather, who's in Argentina, owns the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Finish your thoughts. Um, I want to ask Ralph something, and then maybe I'll think of another question to ask the guest. But are you going to AFPAC, Ralph? I am, and I'll be there Thursday afternoon. Orlando, I want to go so bad, but like I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. It's it's like if I can get you I better be there. It's a once in a lifetime. Everybody's going to be into there. my account tomorrow. Then maybe I'll be able to take a bus there. But I don't know. Well, I'm just really jealous of anyone who's going. Well, think about it. You know, don't um, do something. You know. I don't know. You got some inspiration here with Lord Miles. Uh, you know, you need to. Yeah, maybe... just mess out a credit card. Yes! <laughs> don't you don't. But, yeah, make it happen, mate. Uh, just make it happen. Do. Don't let your. So, um, uh, the, another question to the guests: Like, uh, are you of any interest in like our AF Groiper movement? Because we got a lot of um, like cool guys, and then we're like all friends. And like, I mean, I'm kind of just like chatter and stuff and I people I mean they know who I am and they have different opinions but I, I just think that it's a really cool thing we have on cozy TV and everything and everyone here is very red pilled like we're all on the same page so I'm just saying maybe if you have enough clout and all that like maybe you'd be interested in uh joining us I haven't heard too much about you I've got to admit mate 
But if it's based, I think I'll be interested. So what I can do is um, when I look at Cozy TV a little bit more after this, I'll look into the community and see what it's all about. And yeah, I, I would say talk to Jaden. He's, he's definitely very... All right, Omega. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll talk. I'll talk to you about Cozy after. I do think a big, a good idea maybe for you to stream there if you're going to do some uh, live streaming. Uh, but yeah, thank you, man. We don't. Have <laughs> thank you for having me, Ralph. You're welcome, sir. I appreciate it, man. All right. This guy's calling back in. Did you Did you mean to call back in? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, what was it? If uh, willing to ask. So what? You got another question? Go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. All right, so I've got two. First of all, do you have any book recommendations? Good question. Or what are your favorite books? Oh, I wouldn't say Die of a Wimpy Kid, but um, I would say one book that I like regarding adventure is Ender's Game to some degree. It's like uh, they make a child a psychopath in the future and make him fight, uh, make him fight aliens um, as a strat- uh, strategic um, asset. But uh, there's some stuff about Russian aggression and psychopath children trying to take over the world through the internet. And it's got a very long book series where you really get into it. So I think that's great. And there's a movie about it, which is a little bit childish, but it's still a good, uh, still a good movie. I would obviously say Ted Kay's book and all his literature is excellent. Um, I would also say the Bible. That's quite, that's quite handy. Uh, what mm-hmm. else? Hmm. I'm not too sure. I'll say my book when that comes out, but it's going to be one giant shit post. I've got to admit, it'll be it'll make no sense. It'll just be schizo rambling. Um, <laughs> and I would also say um, there's one book I've got just here. It's it's a vocabulary in nationalism. So he's an excellent he's an excellent guy. I talk to him occasionally on Twitter, but it's basically speaking about um, what's good for men in terms of diet as well. So if you read any of his books, it'll be an excellent red pill on uh, the diet industry, uh, general foods for increasing testosterone, masculinity, and just living in general, which I do like. Awesome. I'll look into that book because I've been looking into that kind of. Thank you. Just look, look on his Twitter too. He has some great stuff, and he kind of posts um, uh, cringe Reddit stuff on purpose to laugh at. So it's just next you follow. For sure. And then my other question was, how do you build mental fortitude when you go on these trips and just in general in life with all that you've been oh. through? I like the idea. Well, I'm quite religious. So I don't know about you, mate. But when when I go on these trips, I kind of think, well, if I get turned into red mist, I think it'd be hilarious because if I'm doing good work, there's a good chance I can go, you know, to the good place up there uh, in heaven. And if that works, yeah, excellent for me. I don't care about my legacy or beyond that if it ends terribly because you know, I'm in heaven. Um, so I think that's an excellent comfort. But if you're uh, if you're non-believer, I would say slowly expose yourself through exposure therapy so uh you know understand what a gunshot sounds like um get into a fight maybe you know something consensual with a friend um and slowly go from there and always have a backup plan always the equipment you need and some comforts so i know uh, one person a friend of mine who does something similar to me um in the army he has this uh he has this toy 
that he associates with his childhood and he just uses it for comfort. You know, it's very small, but it kind of levels him out. I would also say awesome. exercise a lot because the worst thing could be is you're mentally strong, but your body isn't there. So even though I look like uh, even though I look like a twink, you know, I can run a 20K quite easily. And um, you know, I go to the gym occasionally. I used to bench uh, 100 kilograms at one point. So I would say stay physically and mentally active. And meditating is also excellent. So that kind of clears your mind. You don't panic. You don't overthink things. Um, yeah, I would just say that. I would just say um, exposing yourself is probably the best thing you can do. Well, that's fantastic, man. I'm right there with you. I'm Catholic as well, of course. And Good, I think I like the best therapy is just exercise, honestly. Exactly. And just go to a war zone every once in a while. It is fun. Dude, I want to so badly. <laughs> like, right now I'm getting ready for law school and, like, preparing to take the LSAT and all that shit. But, um, yeah, dude, I want, like, some excitement. So... I would say uh, find an excuse to get a contract or an interview in a third world country. Like um, lawyers in Syria make a lot of money. And being okay. a lawyer in Syria is just facilitating bribes. So you can go to some remote areas and facilitate the law between two countries, let's say. Uh, it's international business and they'll give you an excuse to go there and get paid. But also uh, expose yourself to some danger, especially in northern Syria. Well, that's awesome, bro. It's kind of a blessing in some ways that you don't have your parents in your life because you kind of get to do whatever, you know, you feel like doing without oh, yes. um, them getting in your way. So you get to have yeah, all exactly. that fun yeah, adventure. If I, yeah, if I, had, if I had a family or if I had a wife and a daughter, you know, I would avoid this type of stuff because they come first yeah. as much as it would pay me. But being myself now, you know, single and everything, I can just hop to war zones and it only impacts me and my friends. And my friends think it's hilarious. So regardless of whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. happens. I'm that's amazing. That. And, you yeah, know, you sure can always settle down when you're 50 and cripple. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you calling in, man. All right. Thank you. You have a good one. All right. Uh, I think this last caller, unless one j- jumps in here, and then I got a few more questions and I'll let you go. Go ahead, caller. Hey, what's up? You hear me? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah man, just quick question. So with all these stories of foreigners getting kidnapped and like chicks getting their heads cut off and everything. What's your plan? If something like that happens, are you going to fight to the death? Are you going to try to ride it out for the story later? Like if you, I know you've done a play by play. You probably had to have. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when it says plan, I don't really have a plan. It's just kind of a mental ramble when I'm thinking, when I go to bed, you know, when you had those weird thoughts. But uh, if I go to countries like Afghanistan, uh, they won't take you as prisoner, most likely. They'll just straight up execute you for propaganda. So you would have to fight for death there. But in other countries, if you get kidnapped, like in Africa or something, um, I do have a plan where, you know, you just comply as much as you can, but you leave uh, small signs that you're in a general location. I have uh, I have a satellite device where you can discreetly send an SOS in a live location um, that works pretty much anywhere apart from some high up mountains. So that's very useful. I've got um, I've got some other stuff. So. Yeah, I'm from the UK. I know to have stabs I want, so I always carry a knife with me in countries. <laughs> I also um, I also know how to build a taser for less than ten dollars. I've used that a few times, especially in South Sudan. So I was just walking okay. around with a taser, and you know, at night someone tried to cause an issue with me, um, and I kind of pulled it out and showed it, and you know, it de-escalated pretty quickly. 
So as long as you're well defended, people don't mess around because they just don't want the trouble. It wasn't anything That's... big, but you know, just presenting it kind of leveled the uh, playing field. Um, you always want to play along as well with people that, that are interrogating or kidnapping you. You know, make them feel like they're in charge, but actually you're just manipulating them and keeping them in line as much as you can. Kind of gain their trust, don't betray it too early. And when they slowly let the guard down, you can escape or you make up some excellent lies or you delay time somehow by promising things that you can't deliver, but you know, gives some gives you a little bit of an edge to stay alive. You give them some information, but not too much that they kill you. You give them some information, then they'll uh, give you more and more. Um, you know, give you it'll give you more and more leverage to kind of um, take advantage of them if they get mostly detached to you. You basically got to pretend to be a psychopath in those situations because it's you know one person versus you, and if you get Stockholm syndrome, it's all over. I feel like tribes in Africa would just be like like the blacks in American prison. So say you just try to fight the toughest guy, you could slowly work your way up, right? You'd be the crazy white dude. And oh, then yeah. who knows, you'd take like, over and that'd be your like, next story. Give me rights type of thing. <laughs> it'll be, uh, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I was, I was joking about a friend in South Sudan if I had like about 6 million pounds, but actually, you know, 200 or 300,000 is roughly the same. If I had roughly... Two hundred thousand pounds. I can pay militias in South Sudan and overthrow the government. So, technically, you have a lot of money. You can do that type of thing. Um, and Ralph, do a do a fund me stream for that, and we'll do it. <laughs> I wish only when I can get away with it. When I'm big enough. You know what? Honestly, I was talking to Corinne over the weekend about sending her to Russia. Uh, actually, <laughs> Corinne's a legacy character on this show. She's kind of a. Well, she's Corinne and uh, f- fallen socialite, believe it or not. Uh, and she's uh, she's a she's a character anyway. Uh, and I saw it was seven hundred dollars to send her to Moscow, uh, and so we had that. Maybe Saint Petersburg. I think Moscow might be better. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were thinking about. We sent her to Compton one time with a TTS speaker on Compton, California. Um, did she just end up banging black dudes? No, but that's not a terrible guess. Uh, the, the only time she did have the certain word blaring through Walmart, that was that was a pretty funny part of it. There were a couple funny parts, but but most of it she didn't really listen to us, so it wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, but I was thinking about I, my first idea was to send her to South Africa, uh, actually, and then she's like, I don't want to go to South Africa, I'm, I'm, or you know, whatever. She had a reason. I won't repeat what she said, uh, but. Uh, then I was like, well, why not Russia? So I'm thinking about it. If she's serious, uh, maybe we will send her to Russia. You don't know her, but uh, she, she's pretty wild, so maybe we will actually do that. It doesn't cost that much uh, either. I was looking at – I was in Portugal staying in really nice hotels uh, for a lot cheaper than you would have to pay uh, over here in the United States, and I was looking at Russia, and it's the same – pretty similar in terms of prices now the ticket itself to get there is a little pricey but um you know if i didn't have so much shit going on myself i'd probably fly off to russia uh and try to do some shows from there because um you can get in you just have to have a negative i think negative covid test or whatever uh and uh you can get in and go in now and it doesn't cost that much once you get there uh, anyway call go ahead and give your last uh, thought here no that's all but now i want to uh Pay him to take over a tribe in Africa, and that'll be, that'll be the next chapter. So let's do that. All right, guys. Lovely. Thank you, man. British Empire once again. All right, we do have one more caller, but let me ask these and then see if we have any uh, super chats uh, real quick. Now, you mentioned uh, bribes in foreign countries. Uh, I'm not sure people realize this, but um, 
you know, in the West, I mean, of course there's bribery here too, but, um, in a lot of these countries, bribery is just a way of life, basically, uh, all up and down the bureaucracy. Like you're expected to bribe someone, uh, pretty much, you know, I don't, I don't know. Have you ran into that? I know in some of these countries, maybe some of the ones you've been in, maybe not, but, uh, I, I know in a lot of these, um, it's not uncommon to bribe somebody who's pretty much expected. Oh yeah, I, I bribe people all the time. So right. my first trip, my first ever time abroad was Ukraine in 2018. So I was in Chernobyl and I came across this gas mask that I found in the hospital area. And I was like, I want this. And my tour guide, she told me, hey, just literally pay the uh, guard guy when they check you out of Ukraine, out of uh, sorry, Chernobyl. Uh, just pay them a little bit of money and they'll let you through with it. So I walked up to this, you know, um, muscular soldier who's basically seeing you know, children get killed for breakfast and he goes oh you, you can't take this mask through uh, out, outside the exclusion zone i shakily hand him you know ten dollars and then he just goes go through and i just take it with me so uh, that opened my mind to uh, bribes when i landed in kenya um i couldn't find my pcr test print out because it needs to be printed out unfortunately and after like two minutes of fumbling the guy just goes oh pay, buy me a coffee and uh, you can go through and I, I'm like, <laughs> okay, then. So I do that, and then I notice uh, there's, like, huge uh, Chinese families coming through for some reason, probably just take over the country financially. And they're just paying, like, you know, $4, and they get left through. So, you know, there's there's no TCR testing really that goes on. Between African nations, you could pay your bribe to do anything. Like, when I got onto this ferry in, in Africa, um, I didn't have a ticket because it was last minute and I just bribed the guy 50 cents <laughs> to let me on there and use a spare room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the you know, it comes in handy, though, the bribery culture. Yeah. A lot of times, like you said, because you can just, you know, grease a couple palms and, and not even necessarily a huge bribe either, uh, you know, with Western dollars or pounds or whatever uh, and get what yeah. you need. Yeah, in, in South Sudan, too, I got offered to um, buy two soldiers for a day for $200. It was a little bit of money, so I decided not to. But uh, the the commander-in-chief in charge said, this road's very dangerous. You'll basically get shot at. Uh, if we take two soldiers with you, you'll be protected. So you can just straight up buy military, military uh, power in these countries. It's amazing. This sounds cool as fuck, actually, I have to say. All right, now let me uh, play. There are some super chats here. Uh, one more caller. Oh. Well, I didn't turn the thing on. Okay, that'll stop it. All right, go ahead. Black Phillips sent $3. What are your thoughts of Argartha? It's obviously <laughs> real since the elites hide Antarctica from us. Would you ever travel there? That's the final chapter. Also, how were you able to browse 4chan in Afghanistan with shitty internet? Yeah, I honestly do hope it's real. I mean, Hyperborea in general uh, is a great place, and I don't think I honestly don't think Hitler actually died in Germany. You know, if you if you know your life's going to come to an end, you would escape as a global leader. So there's a good chance he did go there as well. Because why would Nazi Germany spend so much time researching these areas? It just doesn't make sense otherwise. Um, I really do hope there's some sort of secret society or um, you know, utopia in Antarctica. And if I do go there, I will try and figure out some stuff. Um, it, it does seem suspicious, some of the things that go on in that area and how restricted it is and how uh, you know, no one wants to mine there. It's just a scientific site, but no one else is allowed in. Um, it's bizarre to me. And with Afghanistan, the, the actual internet's faster than my internet home. So where I am right now, the Wi-Fi is about two megabytes a second in student accommodation in uh, in the UK. 
in in Afghanistan, I was getting 10 megabytes a second. Now, even with that slow internet, it's really good for price and where it was. Um, they've got a huge 4G tower set up by the US, which is, it's brilliant. So these, these, um, these people in Afghanistan who basically don't have enough food every single day and live you know, in mud huts pretty much and sand sand uh, sand huts they get like the fastest internet they're enjoying TikTok daily so uh, it's a real big cancer I'm glad yeah. you said that because uh, yeah I was, I was thinking that too they might have better internet than you have in some places in, in the UK uh, yeah, and, and even a, a couple places in Portugal I was in I was like okay this internet fucking sucks like what, the, what is going on here um, yeah. alright now a couple more questions uh, politics you ever thought about running for office have you I'm asking you have you ever thought about running for office oh me yeah. office no oh I wish somebody asked that um, earlier and I was following up on it oh sorry yes um, running for office I never thought so no I, I I would love to lead people but I think my opinions would basically get me uh, get me cancelled <laughs> in five minutes I've got to admit um, maybe one day maybe Maybe if I retire, I could go into some sort of government or some sort of charity work where I can lead people. But it would have to uh, it would have to require the the world to be a little bit more based. It would be nice though, but I think I should get some more experience, to put it lightly. I think with the trips coming up, I'd be able to prove myself and I'll get um, a little bit more popular, to put it lightly. All right, now let's uh, roll through these. Joey Jojo. Joey Jojo sent $3 based guest. I mean, Little Caesar's extra most basidist. <laughs> All right, now, there we go. Very kind. Uh, Kiosk Man. Kiosk Man sent $3. Lord Miles, any chance you could do a big road trip all across America documenting your adventures? We need someone that isn't like Louis Theroux to show what we are really like. Love to buy you a beer and listen to your stories. There we go, and I had that question here. Uh, ever thought about coming to America? But uh, that's even better. What about it? Um, yeah, I absolutely would. To be honest, I really want to do this uh, trip where I travel across America just by um, just by hitchhiking or seeing what I can do. But the issue is, I might not be allowed to the U.S. just because of my uh, travel history. I mean, even when I went to South Sand, I was interviewed by uh, UK intelligence services, thinking I was a terrorist. So technically, I'm a suspected terrorist in some places. <laughs> So if I enter the U.S., I'm going to be questioned so much by a sassy TSA agent. You're one of those fat black women that kind of act sassy. I know all about them, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I know all about them. Boy, they love to talk shit, too. Oh, my God, sorry. You made me think of it. Yeah, no, my bad. So when you travel to the U.S., you need uh, special permission to stay a little bit longer. And if I did a road trip across the entire U.S., it would be for three to four months. I would do it. It would just create take some planning and some uh, some meetings at the embassy to make sure I'm not sent back home straight away. So I definitely want to go to Detroit at some point because I think it'll be funny. Uh, that'd be my most dangerous trip yet. Uh, I, want, I want to avoid California and New York. Um, avoid California. Go, just, yeah, avoid Californian women too, I have to say. All right, now yeah. I won't go there though. All right, now uh, let's uh, play this one. Onyx sent $5 miles. Do you think there is a reason why many travel channels are from the UK or South Africa? Also, do you think you would ever collab with Bald or Kurt Kaz? Hmm. I think it's the sense of adventure because if you live in the UK, you want to escape it. Um, because anything's better than the UK most of the time. At least America gives some sense of freedom, but the UK is just cooked, so you kind of just want to travel elsewhere. Um, 
I don't know about South Africa though. I don't know why there's so many people that want to travel uh, travel from there. I think it's because uh, you know they see the other side of the world of Africa and kind of want to venture out as much as they can, especially because a lot of South Africans are well off, so we have a means to do it. Um, and also, I love Border Bankrupts. I messaged him once on Instagram, and he never got back to me, but that was only uh, a few weeks after the whole Afghanistan um, thing. So I think after my big trip, I might get his attention, to put it lightly. But we'll have to see. But if he ever reaches out to me, I'll be more than up for it, because we're both British. We've both been to some similar regions. Um, I do like him as a guy. I watch his YouTube. Very cool. All right, here goes Cooper, and then we'll take the last call. Let's get out of here. QOOP sent $3 weren't the German nationalists that made it to Argentina, the Japanese ones? This guy. Lol. Just lol. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. So true. All right, what did you say? Go ahead. Yeah, so true. So uh, a lot of Germans did go to Argentina after World War II. Um, yeah to escape persecution and there's a lot of Nazis that are there now that have started their own little German communities, which I think is hilarious because, uh, you know, you've got these random German villages in the middle of Argentina wildernesses. Uh, no one knows like who started it because everyone's identity is obviously concealed uh, for those people's sake. So you can just go there and if you chill them long enough, you'll meet some uh, really old Nazis apparently. So that's a potential future trip. And I'm not too sure about the Japanese ones or what they did, but, uh, you know, glory to, uh, Japan because some of them were quite based and now Japan's kind of cooked in terms of uh, you know obsessing over anime and being weak minded people oh boy yeah that's been a theme here on the kill stream the last couple weeks too now let me ask you this this was my last question I, I had a little thing I mean I, I guess before that uh, you know maybe the British uh, wanting to go out I mean you guys have a history of exploration too kind of you know uh, ingrained uh, I guess uh, in your culture there too but also uh, what what is it like going back to real life after doing some of these adventures is it really is there like a depression period is it is it uh, a big uh, culture shock or, or how do you adjust to going back to the um, mundanity of, of real life? Um, I think the first day I get jet lag, so I, I sleep for a good 16 hours um, just to write it off. My body just automatically adjusts, and I feel normal again. And then I just do normal things like clothes washing, but even when I'm back home, I'm just constantly watching videos about different countries and different trips and just writing down notes. So if I'm if I'm not on a trip, I'm planning a trip. But I live right next to my old university because I live in a university house. I've still got some months left on this uh, okay. accommodation. So when I walk past, I see people kind of doing stupid things like uh, like partying, you know, 18-year-old women showing off their tits, basically. Terrible. Um, and, I, and that's one thing that makes me realize that these people aren't mature and they're not good people in general. So I, it kind of disgusts me that this is everyday life for most people. And when I'm walking around... Um, it kind of reminds me that these people are just generally NPCs, especially in my hometown of Loughborough. Um, people just have no, I wouldn't say perspective, because that sounds like a dickhead thing to say, but they have, I don't know, I, I think they have any idea about the outside world outside their bubble. Um, and you don't need to travel to even know that these people just don't understand anything. And if I speak to someone or get recognized, they, they think, you know, if you were to Afghanistan, you just get shot instantly with five right. seconds of landing. Yeah, they think it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're playing Halo and then you land on a planet and get blown up or something. Um, that it's impossible. A lot of people feel yes. that way, that it's impossible to do these things. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I'm talking to people, they 
I, I just can't relate to them a lot of the time. Um, everything when they talk about things, it just feels mundane. And I just really crave going on a trip again, no matter what, and doing some work there or some good stuff. I think I enjoyed being in um, Africa more than actually being, you know, with my friends with my friends and everything here. Um, but when I do meet my friends, it's it's excellent. And I've got this one friend who I, I you know I love so much. He's an excellent guy. And I think when I come back, he's kind of the only reason I come back and don't live in Ukraine in a small uh, village or in some different region of the world. Um, so it's quite good. I also go to church quite regularly. So, you know, uh, a few times a week, three or four. And that just kind of grounds me. It feels excellent and I just feel good. Very cool. Thank you for that answer. All right. Now, uh, oh, there was a super chat before the last caller. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and play it, uh, even though I could just read it. But... Anonymous sent $3. Do you know Mark Collard? No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm Googling him now. He's a British neo-Nazi anti-Semitic <laughs> conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was a uh, chairman of a young BP. It seems like a guy I could talk to. He seems like uh, an interesting fellow. He's uh, been on this show about 25 times, actually. <laughs> I think I've not seen him whilst looking at the past um, past episodes. Yeah. But, uh, wouldn't mind saying hi to him. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have to do that sometime. We gotta have you back. Hopefully you'll be down to come back sometime uh, after your trip or or just in general. We'd like to have you back. Of course, mate. I'll tell you about the big trip and then we can plan uh doing something off. Right. I would love that. Yeah, I would love I would love to contribute to that. All right, uh last caller, are we taking up a lot of your time? Go ahead, bingo. Bingo. Come on, Bingo. We waited. I know I made you wait. It wasn't that long. It was like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, we tried. Oh, let's try. He's probably on his phone. Discord on a phone. Not a good idea. All right, Bingo. You're not there, are you? Okay, well. Oh, he's like my dad. Just No, no. <laughs> Bingo. Sorry, Bingo. All right. Uh, but you know what? I think this was an excellent uh, showing by you tonight. You, you, man, you took all callers. Uh, amazing life that you've had so far, and I can tell that you're just getting started uh, down this road. Uh, first off, anything you want to say, any people you want to shout out, uh, of course, mention uh, where people can find you and, and support you and stuff like that, but uh, just anything in general. Yeah, of course. I just want to say thanks to my uh, friend at home. Uh, I won't mention his name because he goes to a cringe leftist university, but he knows who I mean. He originally got me into the show whilst whilst coming back from Afghanistan. So I was watching that whilst in isolation uh, in the hotel. And then I got invited on, so it led me to uh, being on here, which is excellent. So thank you, mate, because I do love this show and the stuff you do. And I've heard some bad stuff. But at the same time, I, I've seen none of it. And I think some of the stuff that they say about you, mate, is ridiculous. Because um, honestly, we've been speaking before. He's an excellent guy. So thank you, mate. And I want to shout you. out as well to uh, to my university because uh, you're a bunch of wankers and you've led me to do this stuff. So uh, thank you. Thank and you very kindly for that. And uh, yeah, go ahead. You. And the general message is uh, if you have a spare holidays with your work or anything i honestly think goofing off in a third world country would be excellent for anyone really just plan ahead know your risk tolerance and reach out because honestly it's something you won't regret you're not going to be sitting on your deathbed wishing you did some more work and these trips can honestly be very cheap if you budget well and look after um the plan so 
100%. Keep it up, guys. 100%. And, and I'm glad you, you mentioned what I said. This It doesn't really cost that much money to go out and do some of this stuff. Uh, and you hit it right on the head. You won't be sitting back saying, oh, I wish I stayed at work an extra week when you're 65 years old and you got Parkinson's or whatever the fuck fucked up thing happens to you, uh, for sure. Uh, thank you, man. Just a great guy. Thank you for the kind words about me and the show. Uh, much appreciated. And more more than that, thank you for your time tonight. Uh, nice long interview here. Uh, Lord Miles Rutledge, debut appearance on the Kill Stream. Much appreciated, sir. No, thank you for having me on. Um, it's good to meet you finally, mate. Thank you so much. We will talk again. Thank you. All right, have a good one. There we go, Lord Miles Rutledge. Really nice guy. Holy smokes. Cool guy with some awesome takes and just funny. I mean, you know, he's got good timing, uh, self-deprecating, uh, and just, you know, living a fucking badass life, uh, doing the shit he wants to do. Uh, and there's nothing to me. Uh, obviously, I'm doing the shit I want to do, too. Uh, and, uh, I noticed a fellow traveler when I see one, uh, and it's, it's really cool to see. Uh, and honestly his world travels, I, you know, maybe not quite as adventurous as Lord miles, but I do want to do, uh, more Lord, <laughs> Lord, uh, more world traveling. So, uh, I'm kind of inspired by this guy, even on my own, uh, even just myself. So just a great guy. I knew it was going to be a great interview, but it was even better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so Shia says impossible not to like a jovial Brit. It kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just really nice. He stayed for 90 minutes. At, you know, there was never any talk about how long it would be, but just a cool guy, generous with his time. It's like, what, 4.30 a.m. or some shit like that over there. Um, press see if he should join Cozy. I mean, you know, look, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I know that the, you guys were putting the full court press on him, but um, – yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. Oh my God! Oh, okay, good. There wasn't a question. Thank you, Third Culture. Thank you, man, for that uh, super shekel over there on Odyssey. I was about to get mad at myself if I missed the actual question. Holy shit, that would make me sad. Uh, thank you. But yeah, like I said, uh, went even better than I thought it would go. Honestly, and I'm definitely gonna try to get him back. Uh, and I can't tell you. Whenever I hear what the trip is, I won't be able to tell you. But still, I'm interested to hear that uh, as well, off air. So. The full court press. Um, yeah, I'll mention it to him um, and, and see what he thinks. I mean, I don't see. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't speak for Nick. I, I, I wouldn't think there would be too much um, impediment uh, with him streaming on here. But, uh, I, of course, I, again, I have no uh, say on that. But I, I would think that would be pretty cool. Uh, bingo, are you here now? Oh, Bingo. Bingo was his name. Oh, oh well. Oh well. Sorry, Bingo. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Uh, that's funny. That was so funny that he looked up Mark. <laughs> uh, that's cool. He sounds like he'd be down to talk to him. Maybe we'll wait till he gets back from his trip, like we were talking about. Set up some cooler stuff for him. Oh, yay, Mr. Chance. Bingo, Mr. Chance, damn. Uh, all right, very cool. Lord Miles, what are we going to do the rest of the show? I don't know, man. I don't know. How long have we been on the air? Two hours, 16 minutes. I figure we'll go till midnight at least. I don't know what we'll talk about, though. Let's find something. Let's see. Actually, I do know what we'll talk about. That's not true. I didn't cover this earlier. That's not true. I didn't cover this earlier, and I meant to. Where the fuck is my notepad? Also, I'll turn TTS on. 
You can just uh, use it till your heart's content now. If you would like. There we go. I pause it during the show so we could uh, so we could get a little back and forth going there. Where is this? Here we go. I think it was yesterday that I saw this. Here we go. Let's see. Oh. Oh, he's, he's going in on anime. Did he just now put that up? <laughs> oh, some people were going at him because of what he said about anime. Yeah, I saw a couple. Uh, you didn't say, I wasn't one of them. All right, now. Uh, black female. <laughs> black female. Hold on, let me turn this on. There we go. Black female high school student is identified as vandal behind racist graffiti that saw Sacramento high school's water fountains scrawled with white and colored. Oh, wow. Okay, let's see. A black female high school student has admitted to scrawling racist graffiti over the drinking fountains at her high school, district authority said Friday, telling them that it was a prank that went sideways. The vandal inked the words colored and white over two water fountains at McClatchy High School in what appeared to be a reference to segregated drinking fountains found during the era of segregation in the Jim Crow South. The unnamed girl was caught on video and confessed to the act. The school district has said she will still be disciplined. What do you mean still? You think you just confess? You don't get any discipline at all? That's not... It was a prank that went sideways, is my characterization of what the one young woman said in her confession. Oh, just a little prank. It's called we do a little pranking. No big deal. No big deal. It's not a fake hate crime or anything like that. It's not like they breathlessly reported this as a hate crime. Oh, boy. Do we have a fucking video of this? What's the high school? All right, let's see. Let's see if I can find something on YouTube. I meant to look before the show, but I forgot. Okay, let's see, because I knew I was going to bring this up. Oh, boy. Oh, here, okay, so here goes the original. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Today, racist graffiti was found at McClatchy High School. We apologize. We're showing you the wrong video there. We are working to find out exactly what that graffiti said and where exactly it was found. School administrators say the graffiti has been I don't know what it said or where it was. Police have launched a hate crime investigation. Now, this is not the first time something like this has happened. Back in November, racist graffiti, including the N-word, was spray-painted near the parking spot of a black vice principal at West Campus High School. Police are still investigating. Tonight, Superintendent Jorge Aguilar is speaking out on the most recent case, saying, quote, this incident serves as another reminder that we need to have a reckoning on race at all levels in the district and beyond. Oh, is that right? We need a reckoning on race. Okay, well, here's your reckoning. Here's the here's the same station. Well, yeah, the same station five days after that. We are tired of district excuses. Oh, boy. We are tired of district letters. We are tired of we are investigating. What we want is consequences. Sac City Schools hit repeatedly with racist vandalism. Ooh. Thanks for staying with us at 530. I'm Curtis Mack. This bitch sucks. Dude, what the fuck? She's spaced. 
Why did they cut this? Holy shit. Holy shit. That was the most awkward fucking thing I've ever seen in local news history. Well, that's not true, but it was pretty bad. Uh, uh, she lost. She's a little long in the tooth to be the main anchor, isn't she? Last Friday, someone wrote the words white and colored over water fountains here at McClatchy High School, obviously a reference to the Jim Crow era. Tonight, we're tired. We tired. We tired. The district is disciplining the student involved, but it stopped short of calling it racial hatred or a hate crime. Now, the district hired someone to oversee race and equity, which includes investigating racial incidents. Mark Harris tells me a black female student confessed to the vandalism, and the investigation shows her on camera. He tells me the student said she did it as a prank. Now, this is a sensitive topic for so many because Sac City Unified School District has been plagued with racial incidents. The most recent includes students seeing several buildings at Abraham Lincoln Elementary School tagged with hate symbols and the N-word. Oh, no. The NAACP and community activists say they want to meet with the district to talk about how we can support black students through these events. Meanwhile, it was the fake. district refers to the McClatchy incident as troubling vandalism. Oh. I don't believe that those words that were on those water fountains were racist. I do not believe they were hate crime or hate. What? Speech. Part of it, quite honestly, is because the admitted perpetrator is an African-American young woman. I disagree. It, it being a hate crime because at the end of the day we understand when you have colored on one water faucet and white on another kind of water faucet what that means whether it's 1950 or 2022 However, some activists question the evidence citing mistrust of the Neon Nicker sent $3 is Dylan Roof's sister still single no, asking for a friend Wait a minute in the past, and I did ask if there had been any movement with the Abraham Lincoln case, and I've heard so far there's been no progress yet. Here goes a file photo that somebody tweeted uh, yesterday. Matt Groper. I remember seeing this in uh, my history books growing up. There we have uh, the white water fountain in the... Uh, <laughs> William thirty three cent three dollars. It's also tiresome. <laughs> and the <laughs> the lean water fountain, the lean fountain. Excuse me, it's not water. <laughs> oh man, he's double cupped up. Let's see, we got it. Uh, a zip and a double cup, bitch. I'm pulling up. You have it. I get so damn trippy in my mind. I go blank. The top ten get hot rappers. Number one in my rank. You say no to drugs. Juicy J King. Bam beers is two, man. Juicy J. Uh, now what else do we have? 
Oh, let's watch some Russia's Bergen before we go. Uh, Russia's Bergen. Who's going to go to the fucking Memphis and May Festival with me? The Bill Street Music Festival. Beardson was talking a big game when he was on last week, but is he really going to go? I don't know. We're going to ask him. We're going to ask him down in Orlando. We'll see. We'll see what he's all about. Um, okay, Russia's Bergen. All right. If I can find some, I'm pretty sure I can. Let's see, Putin. Uh-oh. Oh, no. A little peacekeeping. Oh. Oh, he orders. I didn't see this. He ordered some into Ukraine for some peace. A little peacekeeping. That's okay. I understand. Joining me now is Barry McCaffrey, retired four-star U.S. Army General, Andrea Mitchell, NBC News' chief foreign affairs correspondent, host of Andrea Mitchell Reports here on MSNBC. And from Kiev, we've got Terrell Germain Starr. He's the host of the podcast Black Diplomats and the the non-resident senior fellow at the Eurasia Center. Uh, Andrea, I'm going to go to you first because you've got brand new reporting on this uh, developments over the last couple of hours in, uh, in eastern Ukraine. Uh, A person familiar tells me that uh, President Zelensky has officially requested a U.N. Security Council meeting. This would be an urgent meeting to support this request. Do you see this? (laughs) It's all the usual suspects, and then it's some fucking black dude with a damn fucking feather boa around his neck. Neon Nicker sent $3. He's just some random black dude walking (laughs) in the Neon Nicker sent three dollars. He's just some random black who uh, walked into the newsroom. The members are all joining in now. Just to explain, is that a feather boa? Is it part of his suit? I can't tell. Oh, I got my suit by the way today. Uh, I had uh, Pansy pick it up, though. I haven't got to look at it yet. You know there were five permanent members of the Security Council, and that Russia can veto anything that it decides that it does. But there would not be any moral weight for a Russia veto of whatever they do decide, especially if the others do. And just parenthetically, uh, you know all of this, all of the players so well. President Xi's uh, foreign ministry put out a statement today saying that Ukraine is a sovereign nation and should uh, have sovereignty. This is longstanding Chinese policy. It, of course, in their context, relates to Hong Kong and Taiwan. No interference from us or anyone else. But they were asserting this very importantly Despite that agreement between Vladimir Putin and President Xi on that opening day of the Olympics when Putin was in Beijing, uh, U.S. officials have been very closely watching what will China do? Will they help Vladimir Putin get around the sanctions, help him on energy and other things and things, materials that he needs uh, far more urgently, depending on the sanctions, banking, access to dollars? Will they back-channel? Will they help him militarily? They've never, never... Uh, Shut up, bitch. Along with the the plan, if uh, if Russia does decide to take Kiev uh, or or somehow take control of the government to get Vladimir Zelensky out of Kiev, do you know much about that? Have we been able to confirm that reporting? We have confirmed that reporting, and that reporting comes from my colleagues Kristen Wilker, Courtney Kuby, Carol Lee, others in our White House unit. Uh, that there are plans for Zelensky to go to Lviv on the uh, western side of Ukraine, closest to the Polish border, where many of the embassies have relocated their embassies as uh, consulates, if you will. So all of those embassies, including our own, that were cleared out of Kiev with just uh, local Ukrainians guarding the property itself, 
not the Marines staying, none, none of the American officials, not the original Corps, are, they are all in Lviv, or a reduced unit are in Lviv to handle emergencies exactly such as this. Terrell, uh, there's a lot of language in here that is meant to be obfuscating. Uh, I think Andrea put it really well when she said when Russia grabbed Crimea, because uh, at, at this point, um, they're, as Matt Bodner was reporting, they're not discussing this uh, recognition of these two uh, parts of Ukraine as an annexation. They're treating them as independent nations at this point uh, that have now agreed to have treaties, uh, protection treaties, with Russia. There's all of these different ways of going about things that don't look like an invasion. How are you? You're in Ukraine. Uh, you've been talking to people. How are you evaluating how this is unfolding? Well, well first of all, thank you for having me on the show. N n neither of these actions are a surprise because the dynamic that we see with Luhansk and Donbass took place in Transnistria, took place you know, in, in Moldova, took place in Georgia with South Ossetia and Abkhazia. And what Putin essentially wants to do is, hey, he wants to keep the conflict so frozen to the point where it destabilizes the country in hopes that the West will no longer have interest in integrating them into their uh, alliances, i.e. NATO and their political entities being the EU. And so what he tries to do is that if you cannot convince a country on its own to politically align with them, in turn, what he does, I can destabilize it, I can destroy the economy, I can disrupt investor confidence in these regions. What in to the make world is behind them? Too much trouble to be worth it for the West. And so people here, no one here was surprised by this. This is actually uh, a, a, a very predictable action by um, Russian President Putin. And so the action, but the real question is, is he going to really lose his mind to a new level? Because that's what, what I'm talking about. Demi people, had the Joe best analysis out of all of $3 Ukraine is game to you. How about I take your little game and smash? Hey, yo, fuck this thing. Who I speak to. He's lost his mind, and he is ultimately uh, what could potentially happen is that he can. Neon Nicker sent three dollars. Ao, I'm a brick. It down for you. Dem in Kiev done popping of, and Putin ain't having it. That boy roll deep. Y'all feel me? I'm talking nukes and she ain't. He, he can surround Kiev in a matter of a few days, but he will not take the city because he, there's not enough manpower to really take over this country. It's just militarily <laughs> impossible. No military expert would tell you that he can <laughs> occupy this entire country. But right now, people are not surprised. Uh, people are talking about nukes yeah. in these regions, particularly in Donbass, and particularly in Donbass, because what a lot of people don't know is that Russia has not taken full control of the entire region. Uh -huh. There are just particular parts that are controlled by the separatists, but not the whole one. But people are worried about their family who are who, who are in the Ukrainian control region of the bus at the moment. Uh, General McCaffrey, I want to ask uh, my controller to put that map up because I think Terrell makes an interesting point. Um, the, the parts of Ukraine that has gone into Crimea, they, they, you can see the, the proximity to Russia. Donetsk and Luhansk, you can see the proximity uh, to Russia. It seems to be a slow creep. And, and even today, there are, as Bodner reports, um, orders now for military members, the Russian military members, to go into Ukraine, not to Ukraine, not, not as Putin calls it Ukraine proper, but these two independent as he calls them, republics, with so-called peacekeepers. They are neither peacekeepers, nor are these two places, Luhansk and uh, Donetsk, uh, independent. What is this? Is this just all a pretext for, a pretext for an invasion? No, of course. You know, it's complex, it's dangerous. You know what, this old man, Barry McCaffrey, used to be the drug czar back in the 1990s. Fucking general from the Gulf War.
He was also on TV incessantly shilling the Iraq war. Basically, he shills for any war that needs to be warring uh, or that uh, his paymaster's telling needs to be warring. He's a piece of garbage. Accelerating. A few days ago, Putin had the Duma deliver, uh, uh, you know, a legislative approval of... of oh, Karl Rove said Putin miscalculated. Oh, okay, well... Uh, today, we saw this odd, comical cabinet meeting followed by the appeal of the two separatist leaders, followed by the immediate signing of a document, followed awesome. by the immediate orders to dispatch peacekeepers. The key That's the best will thing I've be seen all year, I think. In the coming 72 hours, will those Russian peacekeeping forces with bimps and tanks and artillery try and grab the entire two breakaway provinces? The preponderance of Ukrainian military power is confronting that zone. There will be a huge fight if that happens. I anticipate that's what Putin's going to do. At that point, he'll have to decide, now am I going to go to the whole uh, effort? Will I plunge from Belarus down to seas and isolate Kiev? Yes or no? That one's less likely. It's still a massive strategic error on his part if he does it. Uh, but it looks to me like we're on the verge of a serious battle in the Donbass region as these peacekeepers try and complete what essentially is the annexation of these two provinces. Uh, Andrew Mitchell, you were in Munich. I'm actually kind of blown away that you're in Washington because you were you were music, Munich last time we talked. And and uh, for this conference, and it, you know, people keep thinking about 1938 and, and Neville Chamberlain, the British prime minister, who made a deal with uh, Hitler. Oh, and my God. Can you Hitler guys study something else? Uh, everything would be OK. And of course, it turned into World War Two. It wasn't all OK. There's a term that they use, appeasement. And nobody wants to ever do that again. But when Volodymyr Zelensky left his country on Saturday to go to Munich to make a speech there, that's what he said the West is doing. He said they are cutting a deal or trying to cut deals or trying to offer carrots. Yeah, because he knows you guys Putin don't know any other do wars either. He shouldn't be doing and that the world should be uh, united in saying he shouldn't be doing. And that was a that was a very tough speech, a fiery speech, defiant. He had come against the advice of the American officials who thought that he might not be able to get back in because, in effect, by that point, Vladimir Putin controls the airspace and that NATO could escort him to the border but would not go beyond. So that was a very tough speech, and it wasn't taken all that well by some of the officials, but I think everyone understood the position he's in, and he had a lot of support there for it, and it certainly, according to our reporting earlier um, back home from our colleagues, and uh, Terrell can validate that, it increased the popularity as he's been uh, increasingly demanding more, more specificity, the sanctions up front. Uh, that said, there was a question raised a couple of hours ago by John Heilman on MSNBC of me that I could not answer, which was, is Joe Biden really going to let these horrors occur if they do, as warned by Ambassador Crocker to the U.N., that there is a kill list, that there are people who are going to be targeted, um, people who are not ethnically Russian, people who have been supportive of the Maidan and others who are willing to resist, and journalists, including Americans, let's say. And if that happens, and if people are being killed and rounded up and put in camps, is Joe Biden able to stand by and say, we're going to sanction Ukraine, you know, the, the breakaway parts of Ukraine, we're going to sanction Russia? Is that going to be enough? Is that politically sustainable? And uh, is the president going to stick to what he said to Lester Holt and 
and in other you know statements since which is that if you went up against Russia there, which is in Ukraine, which is not a, a member of NATO, does not have Article 5 treaty protection, uh, that he's not going to send American troops, men and women, in to rescue Americans who don't come out and don't come out as they still can commercially. And he said, the, we're not, the president is not going to amend or we're not going to amend anything the president has said. So as of now, they're saying they're not going to intervene. Uh, I don't know. By the way, I see the Worski crackheads are back, uh, body on, botting on Odyssey. Uh, they created a fake story on their pathetic show last week that just whines about me and Nick and America First. Um, where they bought, everybody knows you can bot the Odyssey. You just open another tab. Um, of course, they didn't mention the you know six or seven hundred viewers on the other platforms, but whatever. It doesn't fit their narrative. But you know what they might want to worry about is the 500-viewer drop in their own show and where they're going to be at this next coming week. Probably another big fat drop. Uh, the the gravy train's running out for the cokehead. Let's just uh, let's just put it that way. Go ahead, Neon. Neon Nicker sent $3. Joe Biden doesn't know where he is right now. He isn't in a position to let anything happen other than the warm shit sliding out the leg of his pants right now. I can't wait to see what Gator does next. How fast do you think they will retreat? By the way, I, hold on, I'll look in a sec. Um, but yeah, I called it out last week when they were doing it, and I was like, I don't know why they're doing this. Well, I mean, I found out because they're creating content for their own sad show. But they they don't mention all the viewers on Cozy, which Cozy has been the main, you know, more people have been watching on there the past couple of weeks anyway, uh, and YouTube. And then there's still like a baseline of viewers on Odyssey as well. <laughs> I don't know. It's dumb. It's honestly dumb. Uh, but we outdrew them this past Friday uh, on their own bullshit show, and so I'm not really too worried about it because they don't. They have nothing except complaining about me and being salty about Nick. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on. The only reason I mention this because I know that they'll probably. Tr I mean, I don't know. I guess two weeks in a row, maybe. Um, I'm not sure, but it is pretty pathetic. But I, again, these are pathetic people, so I would expect that. Well, but that is the position. All right. Speaking of pathetic people, there we go. There's the clip of uh, Andrea Mitchell. Let's see. Coke boy and the weirdo. That's a good way to put it. Player one sent twenty dollars. Worski is a squealer. Ain't no ride or die nigger. Not even close, sir. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, he is like the definite. He even looks like a rat, a little rat face motherfucker. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I saw him doing it last week. I see him doing it now. I'm not really sure um, why that's supposed to bother me, but uh, I will. I will mention it just so. I guess they're trying to. At first, I thought they were trying to say that I was doing it, and then they're since I called it out, they probably were going to say that at first. Since I called it out, then they said, oh, they were doing it to own me or something. I don't know why that would be, why that would really be owning me, but um, there you go. Thank you, Player One. Very kind of you, by the way. Now, let's see. There was something else I wanted to play before we go. Is there more? I could look real quick. Let me see. What else do we have on Putin? I'm going to cover a lot of that in the morning, too, though, on Tequila Sunrise, so we don't have to, like, play every single second on that. Trust me, we're going to follow up on that big time. Tomorrow night, John Delarose and this chick, hold on. Where is her video? Let me see if I can find it. Do we still have it up? I thought I still had it up from earlier. 
fuck. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Let me see. Where is that chick's? Oh, here we go. I showed it on Tequila Sunrise earlier. I don't think, uh, again, we're going to have open phone lines if you want to question her about her her life choices and such. Uh, we've done shows like this before. It's going to be more of a, I'm going to put my Springer hat on, my Stern hat on tomorrow. It's going to be a little different than tonight's episode. <laughs> I'm always have the hat on a little bit. Uh, here she goes. This is a very short clip. Um, this is her. What did uh, Dalton call it? I can't remember. Some kind of mechanical uh, something ear. I don't know. Now, can we fix the? <laughs> I wonder if we can we get her to do this on air. I don't know. I'll ask her. <laughs> can we? I don't know. Get her to do it off air. Not me. What is this? Yeah, this is a bit indecent, but you know, it's the kill stream. All right, so she'll be on tomorrow. Where is this clip? Fuck. Okay. I think he's destroyed. She's going to be on with John Delarose. I think John Delarose is probably going to take her to task more than anybody, but we'll see. Stop looping it. Okay, I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. All right. Now, here we go. Here's residents in Kiev react to Putin. I think he's destroy uh, Minsk uh, relationships. Um, what he was Who was she? Um, I, f I forgot her name. Notice, I'm not even, I'm not like trying to disrespect you there. I honestly forgot. Let me see. Um, her, her name says... Her name is Save a Princess. Oh, no. Save a Princess, that's her name. I think she needs something a little catchier than that, but... Save a Princess. What is he wearing? Look at those. What's a flood coming through? Why is his pants so high? Um, that's crazy because uh, the diplomatic here is over. I don't believe that they will come to our city because they can. So uh, we have a strong army and uh, we have a strong protection. Dying. Yeah. That's just going to melt away. I think this is total nonsense. This shouldn't happen because Smash this is fast. our land, not theirs, not independent. Our land. I think that most citizens also think it's Ukraine. I don't know whether to be scared or not. At the moment, I don't think there is anything to be scared about. But when I watch all this on the television, I just can't believe what's happening. I think it's all about the money. Wow, that was a polarizing choice there. Leaning towards past. I saw some smashes, though, too. Uh, NATO Ready's response. There's a lot of videos here. Um, let's see what actually Trudeau said, though. Did he speak? Just to follow back up on that from earlier. 
other ministers. I don't even see Trudeau. Oh, I don't want to see them. I don't really want to see Trudeau either. But. What is this, Trudeau from today? I see Elijah Schaefer tweeted that out. Be on his show on April 1st. The same day I'm going to be on in Dallas. Well, I'll be in Dallas, but the, our event's going to be on April 2nd. Killstream.live slash bowl. I hope to be adding some more people to that. I'm going to ask some Groypers, too. Maybe we can get some Groypers down there in Dallas. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, I need to get some Groypers down there. Let's see what we can do. Also, I was thinking, you know, my friend left his hat. I showed this on Twitter. My friend, My friend left his hat. In the hotel the other day, I was in D.C., stayed at the Sofitel Hotel right there behind the White House. I wish it was a nice hotel, but I kind of got stiffed on the price because it didn't book when I thought. But he left his hat, and I was thinking, you know, I was trying it on. Of course, I'm going to Uppack this week, but, you know, I, if, it's, if it's not too bad here, I saw that he left it at the hotel. I took a picture on Twitter. Uh, and tried it on. Of course, I'm going to be uh, at APAC. This is the American First Hat. You can't see on the podcast, gang, gang. I'm going to be um, uh, at APAC this Friday, February 25th, live in Orlando, Florida. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to be doing a cross-country trip. Uh, I'm going to stream some of that, of course. APAC 3. That's right. That makes me think, was it the Ghostbusters where they do the three uh, in the middle like that? Yes, that's right. I pack three. I'm going to be there. I think we're about done with the show tonight. I was going to do that right at the end of the show. Switching from the red to the blue. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Tomorrow night, John De La Rose and the E-Girl. It should be fun. We have crazy shows like that sometimes. Uh, so she'll be on tomorrow with him. Uh, during the day, we're just going to have our tequila sunrise thing. Uh, we'll see. Probably start about 10 or 11 tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we have Dalton Clodfelter coming in, the last kill stream before I leave for what? For AFPAC 3 uh, there in Orlando. Looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to talk more about my bowling event uh, at another time. But, again, killstream.live slash bowl. We have updated that with some new graphics and stuff. Uh, and I'm going to look in to see if I can add some more people. I'm very excited, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited and happy uh, with how the show went tonight uh, with Lord Miles Rutledge. Great guy. Said some nice things to me. I'm eager to see where his trip exactly uh, is going to go. And so I'm going to find out about that uh, when I get off the air here. And I'm going to hope to get him back on the air, uh, actually. So I'm looking forward to that as well, how things progress with him. Great guest. Hilarious guy. Amazing life. Amazing stories. So thank him as well. Thank you for the chat for the support. Much appreciated. Let's fucking go. Pack 3 is on the way. This is Pack week, ladies and gentlemen. And again, uh, when I go down there, me and Pansu, she is seven months plus pregnant, but she is just as excited as I am to get down to Orlando, Florida and to go to Pack. Uh, she's very much looking forward to it. She's got her dress picked out. Went and got her shoes today. I got my suit. I'm ready for it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm fucking ready for it. Guess it'll be uncozy. Let's fucking go. I'm going to call it The Road to AFPAC, and I'm going to try to stream the whole thing or as much of it as possible. Richmond down to Orlando. Let's fucking go. I got a lot of other shit going on, but...
I'll talk about it tomorrow on my next eight hours of broadcasting. <laughs> Thank you so much. Today was a lot of fun. We got a lot of cool stuff done. Uh, cool guest, Putin speech, all that stuff. What will happen tomorrow? I have no fucking idea, but I know I'll be here with you. Let's fucking go. Good night. My daughter will have attended Athpac before she was even born. That's correct. And I'm very excited for her, too. Boy, I'm going to have a lot of stories to tell her. As the haters continue to seethe, ladies and gentlemen. I've been in the game too long. Rasputin mentality in this bitch! You can't fucking abort! The retort. Duck Dumper's going wild in the cozy chat! Restream gang gang! Odyssey gang gang! Great guy, Tyler, Paul Town, Paul Town, an OG like myself, Alex Jones, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>